0: 17th I now call it to order it is 6 5 p.m. and uh, we are not returning from executive session for the first time in a while Uh, we're we're getting ready to begin could I have a motion to start the meeting so moved second all in favor aye it's an aye from me four zero and uh, once again uh, we are going to move through the agenda as it is printed I wanted to just acknowledge that um, Ms. Gallagher has not been able to attend for the last couple of meetings but we do expect her back in December we wish her well okay so the first item on the agenda is our superintendent's report and I'd like to welcome assistant superintendent Sarah Shannon here tonight who is here in uh, superintendent foal as he's out in a family matter and uh, she will give us a synopsis of district progress highlights and
1: it's great thank you, thank you. Um, so the first thing I wanted to share is that we had Canton stock recently um, and Canton stock is an annual event that we have here at the at the high school but it involves all of our music students it was a huge success and features more than 500 students and families music counts raised $20,000 at this event which is amazing the day was full of music fun and support for the arts and a huge thank you to miss katherine eckersley who we're going to hear from a little bit later today brian thomas and the music counts volunteers for all their work in coordinating this annual event and thank you to all of the music teachers who prepare the students all the way from the start of the school year and are there to help um, make it happen as well in addition the a middle school student forum happened recently. Um, school committee members were joined by Superintendent Fullen and Principal Mulhern, and that was an opportunity to meet and talk with the students at the middle school on Friday, November 4th. It provided great insight into the lives of the students, the strengths of the school, ideas and hopes that they have in areas for improvement. We really appreciated the student voices. They were remarkable and the high school student forum will be held tomorrow Friday November 18th some additional updates we have a safety update we've been providing school safety updates periodically since the summer as we've recognized this as a top priority this safety update comes after a November 7th incident at the Canton High School Due to the nature of the ongoing disciplinary and police matters involving the case, we need to honor the confidentiality and sensitivity for students and families. However, we recognize that there is a need to reassure our community as well. We are very grateful that the Canton Police Department, School Resource Officer, Ensley Cotard, and administration were on site and addressed the disturbance immediately. During the shelter in place, Canton Police Department Canton High School administration and the high school successfully used de escalation strategies to address the matter, and both the high school and the police department opened investigations for a comprehensive follow up and accountability. High school principal Sperling and his team debriefed with the Canton Police Department and reviewed measures to ensure safety in the school. And Principal Sperling reinforced that all doors are locked during the school day. And has reviewed protocols for screening visitors into the front door additionally he added supervision in the morning and has recommended that a camera be added to the bus loop mr sperling has met with his student advisory group his school council and the faculty if any parents or guardians have any questions or concerns we are encouraging them to contact principal sperling by phone or email directly and tomorrow superintendent Fuland and principal sperling will be meeting with the canton police department to further debrief and discuss school safety and follow up from the event and principal sperling will follow up with the community um, in an email on monday some acknowledgements we have a lot of people to celebrate this week first we're celebrating our educational support professionals They had Educational Support Professional Day yesterday, November 16th. There are nine services under the Educational Support Professional umbrella, including clerical, custodial and maintenance, food, health and students, paraeducators, security, skilled trades, technical and transportation services. These members of our Canton staff play a very important role in our schools and contribute immensely to our day-to-day activities inside and outside of the classroom. We are most appreciative for the work of all of our educational support staff and thank them for their ongoing efforts in addition tomorrow is substitute educators day and we would like to recognize all of our substitute educators our substitutes provide a critical link in the education of students by serving as a bridge to provide continued quality education to children in the temporary absence of our regular classroom teachers we are tremendously grateful for their work Um, we've actually been in the process of hiring a lot of our former Canton High School and Canton Public Schools grads as they're coming home for the holidays and and signing up to be substitutes. So Mm
2: -hmm. any
1: of the families out there watching, if you have a college student coming home in the next couple of weeks and they wanna um, do some substitute work to get them through the the time that they're here, we are happy to take them and, and have them do some sub work for us. And next week is Thanksgiving. So we wanna wish everybody a wonderful, joyous and relaxing Thanksgiving holiday and invite everybody to the 96th annual Thanksgiving football game between Canton and Stoughton. It will be played at the Canton High School World War II Veterans Memorial Field at 10 a.m. You can find more information about that on our high school athletic blog and buy your tickets before arriving at the game. There is nothing better than starting a Thanksgiving day with football. (laughs) Um, We have some indicators of excellence as well to share. So November 8th was our full day professional learning day here in Canton, and we had a full day of learning for all Unit A educators in Canton. We started the day together as a district, engaging in work to further the creation of a coherent district vision of high quality teaching, learning, and leading in the development of intellectually challenging tasks. We designed this session to meet teachers' needs and wishes for professional learning based on their feedback and in collaborations with the Professional Learning Council. During the two-hour session, teachers work collaboratively across grade levels to create a repository of high-quality, intellectually challenging tasks that can be accessed by all staff using Flipgrid. The collaborative work built an understanding of why having a coherent vision for teaching and learning and attention to instructional design is essential in a school district and student and to student achievement after the morning session we differentiated the remainder of the day by content areas our elementary teachers engaged in professional learning to support the implementation of the new Rivial math curriculum At the secondary level, teachers engaged in a range of instructional and curricular activities, all of which gave the staff the opportunity to continue to think about creating high-quality learning experiences for students. And across the district, all of our special educators and related service providers engaged in role-specific professional learning that was led by Interim Student Service Director Megan Byrne. This work was identified as a high-priority area as identified by the Professional Learning Council. We are very happy to be able to provide this experience for those staff members. As we reflect on the day, our staff feedback was very positive and the Professional Learning Council reviewed it today during our meeting, using it to continually improve and achieve our district, school, and professional goals. We also want to highlight 8th grader Lauren Raffetto on her first place win at the USTF sanctioned New England Junior Olympic Cross Country Championship meet on Sunday, November 13th. Lauren ran in the girls four kilometer and placed first in the race out of 83 runners. That's really impressive. This accomplishment came one week after she participated in the All-State Middle School Cross Country Championships. Next, Lauren will travel to North Berwick, Maine to compete in the USATF Region 1 Junior Olympic Cross Country Championship. And she does that this Sunday, November 20th. Any runner who places in the top 30 at the Region 1 will qualify for the National Championship at College Station Texas A&M University on Saturday, December 10th. We are wishing Lauren all the best as she goes to run on Sunday. And this, we had the 60s, or sorry, we had um, National Honor Society induction last week on November 9th. 62 students were inducted into the National Honor Society at Canton High School. Principal Jeff Sperling and the National National Honor Society advisor hosted the induction ceremony. All of the National Honor Society indicators exhibited excellence in scholarship, leadership, service, and character. Canton High School English teacher served as the staff speaker while school committee chair Christiane Miranda spoke on behalf of the committee. And there was a recent press release added to the Canton blog where you can find more information about that event. So congratulations to all 62 of our new inductees. And at the middle school, um, we had a graduate from the class of 2018 visit. She is published novelist novelist Lauren DiTullio. She presented creative writing tips to Mrs. Goslaw's seventh grade English classes this week. Congratulations, Lauren, on publishing her first novel, When the Soul Walks, and thank you to Mrs. Goslaw for bringing this great opportunity to her students. And a few important dates and events to be aware of. This Friday, tomorrow, is an early release for just pre-K through eight because of parent conferences. So if you have a child at the high school, it is a full day of school. This weekend, November 18th to the 20th, is the high school drama Fall Play. It's in the high school auditorium 7 p.m. on the 18th and 19th and 2 p.m. on Sunday the 20th November 13th is an early release day um, kicks off our Thanksgiving break there is no school on Thanksgiving or the Friday following and December 1st will be our next school committee meeting here in the DLL at 6 p.m. awesome thank you Mm -hmm. okay
0: I just wanted to say um, and Ms. Pham, welcome. By the way, on behalf of Ms. Cummings, I know she'd want us to uh, just note that that play is—is is it Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> and I think she's participating she, in it. She
2: sure is. So yeah. really hoping okay. that
0: uh, if we can make it, we will. We we try. We'll we'll see if that's possible. But looking forward to it. I wanted to mention also that uh, our participation in the GMS student forum was illuminating, as it always is. Getting to meet with students, uh, hearing from them directly about. Uh, Uh, they're very positive experiences and ideas for change for the school I was just um, blown away by how articulate and uh, (laughs) creative and intelligent each of the students were who participated very very different backgrounds and uh, wonderful to get to meet with them so I feel privileged to have done that and then tomorrow getting to participate in the um, CHS forum uh, where Ms. Pham, will you be there too? All right. Awesome. I believe our, um, our school committee student membership will be helping lead the way. So this is an awesome new collaboration for us. And uh, once again, we'll be hoping to, same thing, learn from uh, students and then together with uh, the principal and our administration, see what we can't uh, help implement, and what positive change we can make. So thank you for your work on that and for joining us tonight. Awesome. Are there other comments or questions from the school committee?
3: Yes, please. I just want to also say um, regarding the GMS student forum. That's, I'm so thankful we have this opportunity twice a year, so meaningful and helpful to get all this feedback from the students, so um, very much in favor of continuing that. I know that's our plan anyway, so excellent. Um, Congratulations to all the National Honor Society inductees. Very exciting. I saw some of the photos and everything. and as far as the play, yes, I saw Emma yesterday, who is working very hard on the play, and apologized apologize that she wouldn't be here tonight because she's <laughs> practicing for the play. And as you said, wanted to encourage everyone, for sure, to, to go to the play. This I week actually
0: there. saw her at the Honor Society volunteering and mentioning
4: that. So okay. She's everywhere. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Wonderful. awesome. So actually, I just want to follow up on the professional development. You have a yeah. question. So I, I see it was for um, Unit A educators, and I'm curious because you know earlier we were, talk- we were talking about education support professionals. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if there are opportunities for not only our education. You know, I, I assume that's our ed assistants, yeah. our um, ABAs, codas, SLPAs. Yep. Okay. So did they, uh, were they participating as well? Because I'm just curious who, who was the related service provider. So who would those yep. folks be?
1: So they don't participate on that day per the contract. They don't mm-hmm. um, work on that day. Okay. So on all the early release days, they are a part of our professional learning. Okay. But not on that day okay. in particular. And so the related service providers are the OTs, the PTs, okay. and the SLPs.
4: Okay. Um, So I'm curious then, um, how about our administrators? We ever offer professional development for our administrators. So we do not so actually our administrators
1: helped run that day and facilitate. So in the morning we had about, I don't know, fifteen of us who were all facilitating Mm -hmm. because we broke everybody off into four different Mm -hmm. spaces. Mm -hmm. And so we needed a lot of facilitators to make that happen. So they participated in that and then Mm -hmm. actually a lot of our administrators were also helping to facilitate the afternoon all the elementary principals helped run Mm -hmm. the math Mm -hmm. Um, so we've been actually running some professional learning on our own during Mm -hmm. our teaching and learning meetings during our cabinet meeting we're doing some some book reading together to Mm -hmm. think about how we create and drive culture Mm -hmm. and this year we sent a lot of our principals to Mm -hmm. MassQ to do Mm -hmm. some professional learning so we're starting to
4: think really hard about how we develop everybody in the mm-hmm. district at all levels. Great. Yeah. So, so then on a typical half day then, um, Ed Assistants or again those, yes. so do they have a sp- um, professional belt specifically for them or are they listening to whatever's being presented?
1: It depends. Okay. So, so tomorrow, for example, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. obviously only just up through eighth grade because the high school mm-hmm. is in a full day. All of Unit E, we're doing, um, we're splitting the afternoon, so they're having an opportunity to fill out the staff survey, Mm -hmm. and um, Megan Byrne and I are doing listening sessions. Mm -hmm. We're going to every school to spend some time with all of our Unit E members just to hear how the year is going, Mm -hmm. and then they're actually doing some work with Sarah Donovan on Reveal Math, because they reached out and have given us the feedback that they'd like to do a little learning Mm -hmm. about the new math curriculum, so we're providing that for them. Sometimes whatever is happening in the building for professional development mm-hmm. is relevant to them, and mm-hmm. sometimes it is not so last year, for mm-hmm. example. Um, we had some very specific um, professional development mm-hmm. around the literacy program. Mm-hmm. We had some pro- for professional development around working with students with trauma. Mm-hmm. And so we try to provide them with what they're asking for and mm-hmm. what
4: is relevant within the regular professional learning for all staff. I'm just wondering if it's if the half days that are potentially could be a missed opportunity to give Unit E folks really tailored to them, and as well as our administrators, the principals, if they could get stuff tailored to them. Or they, uh, what are they doing on the half days? So
1: we've really been engaging them and helping mm-hmm. to run professional mm-hmm. development. So sure. half of the early release days are building-based days, and mm-hmm. so the principals are responsible for sure. running those. Mm-hmm. And we have found that um, when the principals are engaged in the learning with mm-hmm. the staff, that that's a very powerful combination. Mm-hmm. So the first early release day that was a content delivery day, mm-hmm. what, at the elementary for instance was with the Reveal Math folks coming in, and the principals actually sat in on that because mm-hmm. they also need to be familiar with mm-hmm. the program sure. to be able to ask questions. So. I think there's a lot of value in the principals actually running professional development Mm -hmm. and participating with staff. And so that's why we're providing learning opportunities for administrators
4: outside of those Mm -hmm. times. Great. And actually, just one last question. This would be something I'd love to hear, have you come back to us. So I know, I go through the ward, so I see when professional development reimbursements come through. I don't know who's a unit A, who's a unit E. And i would be curious because i know we do reimburse for both unit Mm -hmm. a and unit e i would love to get a breakdown just a sense of um, you know how many folks in unit a take advantage of of Mm -hmm. the pd reimbursement as well as unit e so that would be fascinating just to get a sense of of that
1: so i can tell you a
4: a lot of yes (laughs) unit a members take advantage
1: and we're almost like we use up the money before the end of the school year and each year that So last year and this year, Mm -hmm. I've seen more Unit E members Mm -hmm. take advantage of it, and I can get you actual numbers, but more Unit E members taking advantage of it because I think, one, we've been publicizing that that's a part of their contract. Mm -hmm. But also, when we started the partnership with Curry College, Mm -hmm. we have Unit E members who have taken advantage Mm -hmm. of that, and so we're providing them Mm -hmm. with reimbursement towards their coursework.
4: And the last thing, this was the um, packet you had put together for professional learning. How about our AP teachers? Because I know we've had discussions about um, having some funds specifically for them to do yep. uh, professional development. How I don't see that here, how's that work? So that
1: is done in one of two ways. One, they can either sign up for the course on their own and be in reimbursed. Mm-hmm. But also, we also provide district um, professional development in the mm-hmm. sense that um, the English department might say to a new AP english teacher mm-hmm. we want you to go to this so we just mm-hmm. pay for it out mm-hmm. of our professional development sure. funds yeah um, so i know that they had encouraged several teachers to go this past mm-hmm. summer and I know that Principal Sperling is actually having conversation about how we can host mm-hmm. some AP learning mm-hmm. sessions. So we're making that happen, great. but it isn't necessarily um, done in
4: one way or another. We're trying to find various avenues great. to do that. Okay. So if you, it's really important. Yes, exactly. So if you could come back at some point, just letting us know how it's going with um, the AP as well, that would be great. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Great questions, and I'm glad you're here to answer them. It was yeah. perfect, perfect um, timing for that topic to be presented, so thank you very much. Okay, so if there aren't any other questions or comments, we will move to the next item on the agenda, which is uh, D. No, it's not. It is C. <laughs> the Teaching and Learning Report, and we have Miss Catherine Eckersley here to provide an update to us on the Grade 5 Music Program. Welcome. Hi, Welcome.
5: Enough, welcome to you. Guys. <laughs> 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 so, I'm Kathy I'm the Performing Arts Coordinator, and I was asked to come here today to talk about Grade Five. Um, we did make some, I would say, pretty drastic changes to the way that we offer music in Grade Five starting this year. Um, we've always uh, historically offered band and strings before the school day. Um, students had the opportunity to take it if they were able to get a ride into school on the day that it was offered Um, (coughs) this year we began offering during the day school um, class for band and strings Um, so so far I think it's off to a great start Um, this year uh, students they, they select they choose either general music band or orchestra Um, and they study as a class during the school day Um, our teachers go from building to building on that day um, as a unit and um, they take the entire fifth grade at once and they divide them into classes and um, and teach the subject area so our two main goals for that was to bring equity to the program, um, and then to just bring a higher quality instruction that had more consistency. Um, one of the problems with being before school um, is that there, you know, if a teacher's out, there's no sub available uh, before school. Um, students that couldn't get a ride on specific days, specific mm-hmm. weather events, um, you know, couldn't make it. Um, so providing that high-quality instruction with consistency was important to us. Um, Total enrollment has increased. Uh, Last year, there were 96 students who participated in the before-school program. And this year, there are 182 that participate in the the during-the-day program. So I would say that that definitely provided more access to the program. Um, I provided on the one-pager also a breakdown um, by race and ethnicity uh, by number of students. Um, so you can see that more students are being accessed, um, and this did carry over to increased um, diversity among our students that are enrolled. Um, we also believe that there's been an increase in the quality of the student experience and more consistency across the three schools. Now there's a dedicated teacher for each domain. Um, so there's one band teacher, one strings teacher, and one chorus teacher. at and they travel from school to school. Um, so we're finding there's more consistency in that. Student retention is higher. Again, um, it's a lot to ask a parent to get up a whole hour early <laughs> to drive a student. Um, so definitely it's higher retention. Um, and the classes have been switched um, from you know, flutes on Monday, clarinets on Tuesday, um, to now they meet as a whole band. And the students seem to enjoy um, the kind of the the band culture, the strings culture of meeting as a whole group. Uh, Improvement in skills already noted uh, based on the fifth grade performance at Canton Stock. Um, And I just wanted to mention as well, I put in the loaner instruments and just thank Thank you for the uh, the support. Um, We have a a borrowed instrument program. So students that uh, cannot afford to rent um, or choose not to rent can access the instruments through that program. Um, Last year, we had 73 instruments that were being borrowed. And this year, we have 88 instruments that are borrowed. So that's um, 88 families that are able to access the program because of that. So that's that's huge, I think. Next steps, uh, we've definitely still, um, still have, you know, up in the air about chorus and whether we wanna make that optional or mandatory. Uh, When we surveyed parents and staff, the feedback was pretty split. Um, So we decided to just move forward with this one change um, and and consider other changes, you know, as we go. Um, So we're assessing kind of the impact and where we're landing on that to identify next steps. Um, we do uh, we are you know looking at fourth grade as well and our plan for now is to just continue to offer the before-school lessons um, and kind of monitor the progress with that
0: all right wonderful this is a great update honestly Um, really succinct and to the point and great because of the content you shared it's I'm so glad to hear that we are able to uh, start to offer some more uh, Dedicated music um, lessons and education inside the sort of the K through five uh, school day. And I'm I'm actually so a couple couple quick questions. So the first for me would just be: Have you run into spacing constraints?
5: There are definitely spacing constraints. Um, Right now we're 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 okay. We're managing it. Um, There's a a dedicated space for each group at each school. you know that being said, when there's 40 beginning band students, mm-hmm. it's it's great to pull a couple, you know, <laughs> into another space. Um, so uh, I was helping out Miss Jonkus at um, the schools for a few weeks to get her get her going. Um, so we did use outdoors for a couple of um, couple of weeks to just kind of this is how to put together a clarinet. <laughs> um, and then uh, now that they're a little bit, you know, better about being able to set up and, and
0: get going, it seems to be to be fine. That's terrific. Yeah, I've had uh, my own children go through the program, but very similarly, it's before school. You can hear them playing their trumpet at 7:30 in the morning. So it's it, it's nice to know that it's, it's it's being offered to more students, and all of these families are accessing it. And I think the first thing we'll say is, well, how can we do more? But space is a challenge, I'm sure, not just because you need to f- fit students, but then also the noise. And, and, to make sure it's not disruptive elsewhere. Yeah, the fact that
5: I think um, our principals worked really hard to get spaces for us that were secure and that were perfect for the um, the noise. Sound. Yeah, and
0: I can imagine that this then has um, effects and you're probably already planning for say the middle school and on and on the number of students will now be in the pipeline um, to, to be participating and actually I wanted to commit, connect with you earlier this week and the, the question was really about when I was back in the day um, playing clarinet in middle school I remember I needed private lessons and then to come together and play in the band during school and. Um, I don't remember how it was that different students coming in at different levels could learn and what our what our philosophy might be about that. I didn't remember what it was. And I had the opportunity to meet with Ms. Pabone who did an excellent job at Canton Stock, and she talked about um, really working with students at all different levels, just play by ear and pick it up and develop confidence. And um, I wondered if you'd just talk a little bit more about the philosophy and how you can be inclusive when you're going to have students who maybe have been playing an instrument for five years and others who are who are trying it out because yeah. I think that's that's a hard thing to do and, it, and it's, it's happening really well I think in the middle school and I'm not sure where else but I that's my experience
2: at
5: least right. so far so I think it really boils down to differentiation right um, just because a student's been playing a long time doesn't mean they have a specific skill set and just because they've been playing for a short amount of time doesn't mean they have a skill set. It's really about getting to know the students, getting to know their strengths and weaknesses. And then um, one of our, our big pushes in my department is universal design, which is essentially you know, planning for every student on every day. Um, and so we really try to know the students. And we, we, we have an advantage in that because we see them over several years um you know so an elementary school teacher could have had a student for five years before they joined the band right um, so getting to know them on a, on a personal level and getting to know their skill set um makes i mean it's just a different way to think about planning right you're, you're not planning a lesson and then accommodating students of different needs you're planning the lesson based on who you have yeah. um and i actually i have a, a quote from um, nancy kid that i think is relevant to this. Um, she said, one thing that is great um, is having is that I have 22 fifth graders enrolled this year as first-time players. Last year, I only had four. Also, with the different levels, we're able to use more peer learning mm-hmm. and to do music and parts without anyone feeling lesser than. And nobody forgets to show, Oh that's the front. she said, nobody forgets to show up because they're already there in school. <laughs> for sure. The that's sheer
0: number of students on that stage for the strings <laughs> yeah. performance for Canton Stock blew my mind. Yeah. If, 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 let me just tell you, they, they were sitting closer than we were, <laughs> in rows all the way back, and they played as one. And this was, I believe it was six through 12.
2: Mm-hmm. blew me
0: away. Really? I think they did Orpheus and they did um, spooky, scary skeletons. Oh. an arrangement that was also done and helped by a 7th um, seventh, seventh grader. Oh. I believe Liam Dunn helped score that. I yeah. don't, oh, don't know the okay. family that well, but uh, congratulations to him. Anyway, I, just, I was really I, so impressed by how yeah. far the music program has, has come and is going, so I just wanted to say, once again, thank you, and it really I is will
5: say, as a high school teacher, I teach chorus at high school, and I have students that, that leave senior year and they go to Broadway. Right, And then I've got students that it's their first time ever singing, which is amazing. Um, And I think that's really the beauty of it. Um, We really embrace the leadership opportunities for students that are advanced and talented and and have that edge and comes naturally to them. So I know at the high school level, like we employ section leaders. We have students that lead warm-ups um so even at the elementary level they're taking on that kind of peer leadership role Um, so it's something that we actually look forward to and embrace and and i would say we don't really view it as a challenge
0: yeah wonderful it's just one of those concepts i think it's hard to get your head around if you you haven't been in it yet as a parent to figure out how this is all coming together but
3: it really does i think it's been rewarding Uh, other questions or comments from the school committee i do a comment Um, Thank you so much, and I'm so excited that this is happening during school hours as a parent of a child who was in the program years ago and being to the school very, very early and always worrying, I was going to (laughs) say. you a minute later, you two minutes later, you on time. So I I very much feel that quote about everyone being on time because I was thinking about that before. (laughs) If they're already there, everyone's there on time. They don't have to deal with um, the drop off and people who are possibly half awake at that point. so. (laughs) So thank you so much.
4: So I have a question. I'm curious how it how is it working during the school day? Because certainly something that this would be as a kid we're very happy to hear about. But how where where does it fit in? How do the students? How does the day work now for the fifth graders in terms of um, band or or orchestra time during the day?
5: So each elementary student gets a special each day. Mm -hmm. It's a 45 minute period. Um, You know, so on. Monday they might have art, on Wednesday they might have PE, they Mm -hmm. might have tech, and so before this Mm -hmm. year they would have music in one of those 45 minute blocks. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same. Um, So it's every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Every Tuesday they have um, band strings or general music and that fills that 45 minute block.
4: And that's so. Then so music really hasn't changed. That it's just how it's being used has changed. That right. that special block.
5: Right. Okay. So so before every student would get general music. Yeah. Okay. And now they have a choice.
4: Okay. So it's either general music or. Okay. Sounds, Good. Okay. It sounds like more enriching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have an unrelated question. Um, so I review the warrant, and I see a lot of repairs come through for instruments, mm-hmm. and I don't know what. Uh, is there, is it wear and tear? What what are the repair, I mean, again, typically what would be sent out for repair? Is it something that's been, is it broken? Um, everything. Everything, <laughs> yeah.
5: Um, so, you know, we with this borrowed instrument program, mm-hmm. we have an instrument inventory. Um, so that is constantly being updated, being repaired. Um, in general, instruments don't last forever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a good instrument could last about 10 years. Um, When you put that instrument into the hands of a middle schooler could last a shorter amount of time than that, (laughs) Uh, but then we also have instruments that are like classroom instruments, like for example a timpani, or a bass drum, or a bass. um, And those go out for repair as well. I would say when I came in, our inventory was small, and our inventory um, was was broken. <laughs> um, and so I've done a lot of work in repairing um, instruments so that they can get into the hands of kids. Um, okay,
0: okay. Yeah. thank you. Great, <laughs> right, wonderful. Any other comments or questions?
6: Um. Uh, I also really appreciate this program because I know that when I was in fifth grade, I wanted to take this program, but the timing in the morning didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool how students who are interested get to come into school and do something fun during the day. Thank
0: you. All right, bravo. And we, we look forward Thank to you hearing too. your update next year. Okay. Awesome. Keep it work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Moving on to the next item on the agenda that is now actually D1, the capital budget presentation. So now we, for a second time, are discussing this budget and uh, any questions, comments that have come up and the potential, hopefully, for a vote of approval. So um, Ms. Moran, Mr. Marshall, any updates, any highlights for us?
7: Yeah. So. Um the first read uh, we, we brought with to you still had about ninety-five thousand dollars of room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, in your electronic packet, there is an updated um, capital budget, um, and I'll just highlight the changes um, here uh, from from last uh, time we met. Um, so. In some of the response or some of what we heard was um, trying to kind of make sure that we were spreading the, the dollars um, across all of our buildings, which is mm-hmm. something that we do strive to do. Um, and so through that, we did um, go back and um, get an updated quote on terms of some painting at the loose. Um, and so we have put forward um, 19,875. I will just highlight that the amount in the request actually changed as well. Um, so it it was a little bit higher than um, what we had originally uh, slated there but so that is some uh, painting work that will happen uh, throughout the building um, mainly corridors um, to be uh, repainted Um, the next item under grounds and improvement was landscaping um, and grounds we had some conversation regarding um, that uh, you know My recommendation is that we need to really look at our maintenance crew um, as a whole um, Before we do any large-scale landscaping around our buildings to make sure that we can maintain it Um, So we did put forward um, just over $15,000 which would allow us to um, Start um, some work and through operating um, We'll we'll work on that and then potentially in a future year um, Kind of increase uh, the amount of landscaping and and, and grounds work um, around all of our buildings Uh, the next Uh, item was uh, under IT and the touch view boards Um, so we did move forward the the $30,000 we went back um, and met and uh, looked at this Um, this would be ten additional boards right now we have ten boards in the district uh, and uh, we do have uh, um, our elementary kind of projectors are um, beginning to age out. We have some that are broken, so this would be um, replacement for those, and then we're working on a larger scale um, plan as to uh, replacement, really, of all of our projectors over um, the next few years. Uh, And so we'll be coming back to you, but this is really just a a small start um, there. And then the last um, change is under program improvement, that first item to reclaim room 154 at the high school uh, and relocate the robotics room. Uh, The initial request there was $65,000. We've put forward $30,000 and we're working with uh, Mr. Sperling and our department heads at the high school uh, to phase this project in over um, two years. And so um, everything else remained the same. Uh, That brings us to what our our million dollar um, cash capital. Uh, The bottom section has been updated based on what I um, stated last uh, meeting um, and that's really just a a plan as to how we would uh, push forward um, over the next five years with uh, debt capital and I will just highlight again um, the loose roof um, is a major major uh, piece here. Um, In 2026, you see $1.7 million reserved. Uh, We were hoping that that was going to be MSBA accelerated repair program. Um, MSBA currently has um, paused the program, uh, which could potentially bring 50 to 60% um, of that project. So um, I know that uh, our legislation is is working um, Diligently to try to bring that program back up um, as soon as possible, so there is a possibility um, that next year, if it does reopen, that we would just pause one year and, and still would apply, um, if that was the case. But this plan allows us, if that program does not come back, to um, really allocate the funds necessary to do that entire roof project.
4: You want to talk about the middle school food service
7: stuff? Yes, um, and so I did. Um, I had a brief conversation. Um, with uh miss lawless um, regarding food service and we'll at some point tonight i will just touch on our revolving account um balances Uh, but we did have a a a decent balance in our in our revolving account Um, so we're looking right now at the middle school um, to try to upgrade some of that equipment um, Mm -hmm. with not I would say mobile units not portable i don't want to say portable units but units that could be easily relocated um, when the middle school um, comes we're also looking at the jfk serving line um, and and utilizing (coughs) some revolving funds um, there so there are some capital requests that come in and we have the ability to to source funds elsewhere um, and so we will do that so we're we are looking at um, all of the food service requests and there's a likelihood that we will still be able to fund um, most of them through uh, some revolving dollars.
4: And the only thing I'll share with the committee in terms of the Chromebooks, upgrading the models, do you want to discuss that uh, or adjust it there? Yeah,
7: so the, the Chromebook, um, uh, request that came through is an upgraded model based on the last model that we bought um, it does uh, it is a Gorilla Glass model um, so most of our repair work uh, for Chromebooks is screen work um, so this is an upgraded um, screen and it is also an updated processor I believe the previous Chromebooks that we bought were AMD processors uh, these would be Intel processors um, part of that was because of COVID and we kind of got what we could um, at the time um, but through that understanding that. Um, you know, it, uh, a, a better Chromebook is, is what our students really need, and so um, Julie Shore and her team did come back and say, you know, we could do this for less money with a, a lower quality product, um, but we do think that it's important to move forward with this um, better um, Chromebook. I thought
4: it was important for the community to know that, because I mm-hmm. think we all heard over the years that Chromebooks were sold, blah, 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 again, now that we've got the opportunity to uh, address that, so. Right, for teachers, students, parents. Right. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. Comments or questions from the committee?
3: I do have a question. And this is not to to disagree at all with it, just for elaboration, um, under program improvement, the volleyball system upgrades, CHS. Is that, I don't know if you have details on what that is, just looking for some elaboration on
7: Luckily we have our, um, athletic director in the crowd today. (laughs) Um, But if you give me one second,
3: I can. I, I can speak to why I'm asking while you're looking for that. Um, I know that that's, I don't know if it's one of the sports, but a sport where um, the players themselves have to take things down afterwards. So I didn't know if this was
7: addressing that. I don't believe that this okay. will address that. Um, it's okay. really a replacement of what the current system um, okay. is. Okay. So it's two new volleyball uh, standard systems for the main gym, um, and it really standardizes the equipment. So it allows the same equipment to be used, um, and uh, it also includes new sleeves in the floor. Um, and new netting uh-huh. systems, but okay. uh, it, it would not change the current practice. That's up.
8: Okay. All right. Thank you. I have a question about the Chromebooks, which I'm very excited for. Um, mm-hmm. Are we going to replace all of the current ones?
7: Uh, so this is. What is the? Uh, this is grade four and five replacement cycle. So we've okay. been trying to replace two years at a time, so they go kind of through their useful life three years, yep. um, and um, and then we replace uh, two two grades at a time so this is the fourth and fifth grade cycle
8: fourth and fifth grade for next calendar year Correct. No, next uh, school year not calendar sorry that's right Okay. Mm-hmm. thank you that's
0: it all right well i want to thank you both and ms gallagher for her participation and anybody else involved i'm sure there is miss goby
7: whole team yes. miss yes. goby
0: for this um what i think is an updated and an enhanced approach that you've taken to budgeting. I feel closer and um, really more excited about budgeting this cycle round because of some of the work you've done. <laughs> I really do. I feel really, really close to this budget. And excited I'm proud of it. I think you're <laughs> <great job>. yeah. <laughs> feeling some warm and fuzzies. And I didn't give you enough warm and fuzzy last time. when I knew you were waiting for it. Um, about the yes, 2027. <laughs> Um, District wide potential potential for air conditioning in all the buildings.
7: So, yeah, so I mean, there's a million dollars there. Whether a million dollars covers what we're trying to really do is um, is unknown. Uh, there is some other work that's happening right now um, with an energy uh, company um, who's providing us, you know, has done an energy assessment of okay. most of our systems um, and is going to actually, we're meeting after Thanksgiving um, to provide some information as to what it is they found and where they think that we might have some savings um, and the potential to fast track some of that. So, um, we, you know, I'll be back at some point to um, to provide what those re- Results are um, the changing um, utility rates uh, that we are all facing right now impacts what those plans look like. So um, I will tell you that adding air conditioning um, in a time where we're seeing you know potential of forty percent um, electricity increases um, is not great when you're you know analyzing um usage and things of that sort so we're trying to take all of that into consideration and, and use um you know some educated guesses as to what um, our energy consumption would be because not you know you can put all of these things in for a million dollars. At the same time, we really need to be smart about uh, the sustainability of it and what mm-hmm. increases year over year that that's going to provide from a repair, maintenance, and then just a utility uh, standpoint. So it's not always as easy as just you know throwing a compressor in and you have AC, great. Um, mm-hmm. If you can't pay your electric bill, it doesn't work. Uh, so. Whoa. Too late, though, because last
0: time I was cautious when I heard it, and now I'm optimistic. Yes. <laughs> so we can remain cautiously optimistic that we'll get there. And the, the idea that it's on the budget now and it can be taken and considered seriously in some way in the future is fabulous. So thank you for that as well. Can I have a
8: follow-up to that yes. conversation? Are we considering um, ener- like energy through solar panels or some other way to
7: offset some of that? I wouldn't say considering at the moment, but it's part of that. Um, okay. It's part of those discussions. Um, so we do have solar right now at the middle school. Um, it, it has not gone great because of the um, the impact on the roof and we put solar on a, on a roof that should have never had solar. Um, you know, been put there. One of those again. Um, you know, you you rush to make some decisions, and um, and it doesn't always work out well. Um, we have aging facilities, um, so we need to really look at that. When you know, but. Um, I'll also be talking about uh, a capital plan, which is going to review our parking lots and all of that. Um, you know there's always a potential for solar canopies. there's there's a lot of potential out there for solar and what we might be able to do. Um, it's just a matter of of really looking at it. you know the, there's some great rebates that are that are there at the moment, um, which will also be part of those discussions and we'll see how can we best utilize that um, to make improvements. but I, I'm not saying that we're like, you know, we're there and, and considering any specific project. Okay.
8: But it's part of the conversation.
7: Absolutely. It's
8: part of the balancing act that we're trying to figure out from a financial model.
7: Yes.
3: Thank you for such a thoughtful approach to addressing, I think, each of the things that we talked about we're in outlined last, last time It really, I think, is broken down very well.
0: Feeling sure. the love?
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I'll
7: uh, ask alike. for a vote of <laughs> approval on this capital budget.
0: I hear a motion?
3: So moved. I
0: all right. So, all in favor of uh, approving the FY24 capital budget, uh, as written, do I have to say anything further?
7: A million dollars.
0: For, as written precisely for a million dollars, is approved. All in favor? All in favor? <laughs> Aye. Aye. Not for me, E4-0, approved, sorry. yeah. <laughs> you are caught up in the moment. Yeah, I was caught was up in, was in the excited. moment. Initially. She was thinking about the air conditioning. <laughs> exactly. I, I was still thinking about that. Um, <laughs> you know, and it matters. And the reason is, it gets too hot for students to, and teachers, really to be able to... Um, Think well in Yeah, function well in classrooms, particularly uh, June, yeah, early, late, late spring, and then, and then, the, and September as well. And I don't think those trends will reverse, and so it will have a meaningful, material effect uh, when we are able to implement that uh, across the district. So, uh, thanks again to everybody involved. All right, next item on the agenda is D two, the Alpha Solutions Capital Planning discussion, which is unfinished because we tabled it last time and moved it to this evening. So Mr. Marshall, will you talk to us about this proposal, please?
7: Yes, so um, when I first uh, started in Canton, there was a lot of conversation really just around um, finances, where we were, and um, what we needed to do to really move uh, forward. Um, from a variety of different standpoints. And one of uh, the items that came out of that was um, contracting out for a five and 10 year capital plan. Uh, so we did reach out to um, different vendors and we received pricing um, anywhere from, uh, I would say $80,000 up to $250,000 really to do this work, um, in some cases, um, upwards of forty to $50,000 per building um, to do this work. Um, so what I, what i have provided for you is a um proposal from alpha uh, facility solutions um, to do uh, just that five and ten year capital plan for us Um, they will review um, really the envelope of all of our buildings roofs uh, walls windows um, exterior doors Uh, they will look at the interior systems walls interior doors floors and ceilings Um, all of our uh, HVAC systems, our electrical and electrical distribution systems, um, plumbing, fire protection systems, all of our elevators, and then um, outside uh, all of our vehicular and pedestrian pavements. uh, We've also asked them to add our um, athletic fields and stadiums including um, any lighting um, that we have um, and the potential for for new lighting. Um, And so uh, the finance subcommittee did meet and and review this. Um, this is an unbudgeted item. Uh, we thought that it was uh, it made sense to bring it to the full committee. Um, really, just to, to provide. Um, it's not something that we need a, a vote on, um, but it is something that we wanted everybody to, to really be aware of. Um, so also included. So this uh, the proposal is uh, eighty thousand one hundred and fifty four dollars to do this work. Um, it Uh, If we get this back to them soon, this uh, should be done um, by, I would say, early spring. Um, So it does work well um, with our budgeting and our strategic work that is happening. Um, And so all of that will will kind of work together. Uh, That also includes a software solution. for our, um, that five and 10 year plan. It uh, includes uh, barcoding, it would really be QR codes of all of our um, like HVAC and mechanical systems. Um, It includes uh, the creation of a preventative maintenance schedule that would be loaded into a separate software uh, program, currently we use a software program called School Dude for that, Um, we are looking at some other uh, you know, provider solutions that uh, might actually save us some money, um, but everything will be QR coded. So if you have uh, ten rooftop units that all have filters, um, you know what those filter codes will be loaded in that PM program, and every six months it will be an automatic work order to our maintenance program to go replace that filter. Um, so it's it, it takes some of the manual pieces out of it, and so all of that would be created um, as part of um, of this plan, basically as they're going into review. They're Going to tag everything right there, um, scan it into the system, and they begin that work. um, Basically, they do that work as they're going in and reviewing it anyway. It just makes perfect sense. Um, so, we are very happy with that solution. Uh, we have somebody local, this is a Texas-based company, we have somebody local that has been here and met with us multiple times and they will, they sub out some of the, um, the work to local contractors in terms of reviewing everything. So, um, they are um, confident that they'll be able to get this done in a timely manner for us as well.
0: Terrific. And just a quick question, and, and, and you may not know the answer, but I, I is this... Possibly one of the first uh, capital plans we would have done as a district at least in recent
7: years Decades, I would say professional capital plan. Um, There is capital plans that have been created throughout the years um, but i don 't want to say handwritten, but you know simple Excel spreadsheets, um, you know thoughts as to what happens, and then often because you don't know there's always something unexpected and you end up pushing something that you had planned to do um, because a roof you know fails um, or you know something happens um, so really having um Professionals come in and evaluate all of this at this time is huge. Um, you know. Parking lots, if you, you, know, you look through you know, some of our parking areas, like, there's a lot of um, room for improvement um, outside of our buildings, inside of our buildings. And so I would say that uh, from what I've seen, outside of the, the feasibility study was, was somewhat of this, but it was never taken to that next step. Um, it would have been great if the work that was done um, through that feasibility study in 2017 was used to create a, a, a 10-year plan, um, but that didn't exactly happen. And so now you're five years removed from that work, um, and you know things have changed drastically in those five years.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I think that uh, the opportunity for us to move from what was probably well-intentioned and um, informed, but largely reactive model to a proactive model, considering the aging infrastructure in the um, community that is very well maintained, but sometimes can be um, illusion, like an illusion in a way, it's hard to tell what really will need to be replaced because it, it looks like it's working great until it's not. And so the idea that we could be proactive uh, and be working with a firm that does take the research and the planning to a place of actionability where we can now use it for management and um, do it at a time when we're also embarking on a strategic plan is massive. It can help inform all of the uh, key priority areas in terms of how we. It's, it's one thing to want to get something done; it's another to provide the resources, whether it is the staff or um, tools or space. Or spaces, the conditions that allow for um, the type of um, educational environment we want to provide. So I am thrilled that uh, the discussions that we've been having over the course of the last year have gotten to this point in this quickly. So thank you to everybody involved. Um, other questions or comments from the school committee?
4: I just had quick ones. So um, in terms of, so they will use subcontractors to, mm-hmm. to look at, and they're from, obviously, this area? Correct. Okay. The other thing, in terms of their pricing, do they use, I saw a reference to national... A national model? Do they use New England specific?
7: Uh, so the, what, you, what you're seeing referenced is um, this is part of a source well um, uh, cooperative purchasing group mm-hmm. um, that the town is a part of. Okay. Um, so it's uh, you're getting contract pricing. So this was went, this went out as part of a cooperative pricing, okay. um, and so it's it's source well uh, contract pricing. I imagine is what what you're looking at.
4: Yeah, I would just um, RS means parametric cost estimates. Yep. Okay. All right. So as long as it's you know it's not Texas pricing is what I'm saying no no no, okay. no. this
7: was um, this was uh, work that was bid okay. um, by Sourcewell, um, and so we're we're.
4: oh no not the contract price but yep. when they come back with estimates of how things might over time how they, they might cost so those things. are
7: um, those are national um, yeah. uh, standards basically yeah. that are used and and they're normally regionally based um, okay. so it would be a New England or okay. a Boston based um, you know okay. average Perfect. yes
3: any other comments or questions it looks like some of the surrounding towns have used this company. So that's correct. So
0: that's great. terrific. There's no vote required. Nope. Just, um, again, much appreciation and excitement for this. Yes. Thank you. So thank you. All right. Uh, next on our agenda is D3, our transportation update. Anything new to share?
7: Um, yeah, so I, from a very high level, um, we've seen improvement both with yellow bus and van transportation. Um, so I think starting with, uh, you know, I, I made some comments at our last meeting um, regarding Vanpool and um, some of our special education transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that communication with that company has improved drastically. Okay.
8: Um,
7: <laughs> uh, we've- I'm very
8: happy to hear. i didn't in yeah, but I'm not trying to yeah, be um, I'm actually really happy, I'm glad.
7: It doesn't mean that all of our problems have disappeared overnight. That certainly is not the case. We still have students that are, um, you know, facing some longer rides than um, what we would like, um, and so we're working on that. But we we feel that communication has improved. Um, Right now, all of our routes are covered. Um, you know, I can say, I you know, at this point last year, we were still struggling um, to get some of our students to school and to find routes. Um, so this is not specific to this school year. This is something that we face um, all the time. Staffing shortages. It is. It, it's very difficult um, business. Uh, but we're seeing improvements. Um, uh, definitely there, and all of our kids are, are you know have a ride. Not always getting where we need them to get to. Um, on time uh, but i would say much uh, better improvement from um, from the last time that we met um, i would say similarly with um, with first student and our yellow bus from a high level um, improvement uh, communication has improved our weekly meetings um, have improved the coordination um, with miss mcleod and and for student management um, is is working much better now um I, there's some honesty and transparency that I think has has just naturally come out, and people are feeling more comfortable with each other, which just helps, right? Like tell us whatever is happening whether it's good or bad it doesn't matter we just need to know um, you know 630 Amen. this morning I you know I, I get a, a message from first student we have a sub on this ride you know this route it might be running late um, this driver overslept uh, we put you know our manager left in that route the drivers on their way um, little things like that that we were not getting before um, which help us we can provide that information to our principals um, we still can improve our communications to families. Um, we encourage everybody to sign up for the app because that is where we will be um, trying to, to really start sending those messages and we're gonna send that communication back out as it appears that some people might have missed our initial communication regarding the app. So, um, so we will send that back out. Um, at the same time, we still face some, some challenges. We had a new driver on Route C14 this uh, week. Um, that is a loose St. John's PM route. Um, Monday was uh, that afternoon route ran very late. That was the driver's first time on their own. Um, The driver did uh, complete three days with the prior driver last week, Um, ran that route last Friday on the holiday by themselves, and then got in the bus Monday with a bus full of students alone, and it's just a whole new challenge. First student put a monitor on that bus on Tuesday for us. Um, we saw some improvement. It still wasn't great, um, but it improved. Wednesday, yesterday, that route went out um, with no monitor. We didn't, it didn't get worse than Tuesday, but it didn't improve. The monitor went back out um, today. We did see um, you know, about uh, 15 minute improvement again today. We're still still working to, to get that um, improved. And we're looking at some of the St. John's routes that the the hansen time change um you know was certainly new to me because i hadn't seen that uh, but the geographic region of um loose versus hansen and that shift in late school really impacted transportation in our routes and so a lot of questions is why did you not keep everything the same as what it was last year that's really the reason so in some instances we tried and that's where we failed um and so we still need some work to do um on on some of those st john's routes. so we know that we're working with um families and and trying to get some of those kids home um you know earlier uh, but uh, for the most part i would say uh improvement overall
0: Terrific. questions comments from the school committee oh, Just
3: quick comments um the out for sure. I, I wrote to you last week about that, added it, and it's very helpful. Very helpful. And very simple, I think, to add and to, um, to utilize. So I would definitely encourage anyone. Um, I can say, especially when it's raining or particularly cold, very nice to be able to know exactly when you need to go out your door. And you can stay nice and warm and dry before that. Um, the other thing is the parent surveys, which Maybe we should remind everybody Mm -hmm. Mm who do the surveys Mm -hmm. for all the schools. That will be interesting, the feedback,
0: because the last couple questions are about the the buses. Yeah, great point. I just want to say thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you for that granular detail. That actually painted a great picture in terms of um, not only the – it's wonderful to know that throughout this whole process, which has been tough, that um, professionalism is – Continuing to sort of rule the day on both sides, and the, the operations um, back and forth in the relationship that you have is improved in working, considering what could happen if, if I, tensions had run high and not cool heads. <laughs> had prevailed so fabulous um to everybody um fabulous uh work and congratulations to everybody for, for that um and then the detail that you just provided in terms of what first student is investing in trying to make this work to, to have uh, more information knowing in a top tight um labor market what it must be like first to find qualified drivers and then second to train them and that they took the extra steps I, I wouldn't have thought of that in terms of riding the three days, testing the route, getting on, and then right, it, rightly so, it's probably nerve-wracking for somebody taking a job on like that. And then the work that's happening over the course of the week to try to um, improve every single day. And so that that context, I really think, does help us understand the human element in all of this, which is, it's present for all of us, right? So um, thank you for sharing that, too, and I'm, I'm glad to know that for a student is, investing in that time to get their drivers up to speed I think it says something hopefully for at least the future this year as we write this contract out
8: Thanks. okay two, two follow-up questions um, I'm glad to hear that the Van conversations and partnerships have improved last time I mentioned having a meeting with yeah. your leadership team is that something that you feel it's necessary I don't want to leave it open-ended. If we should be doing that, I'm happy to, and I think that we should. If you think that it's not necessary right now, maybe we
7: do it later on. Yeah, at but this point, I don't think it's necessary. I think that uh, communication has improved at least with, with us and, and, right. and management, administration, and so I think we kind of take it from here, um, but if at, at any point, you know, I will certainly um, recommend that that we do that. Um, so as, as we get through, you know, some different times, it, it might make sense, and I think um, it might make sense regardless to, to say Set something up um, you know uh, at the beginning of the calendar year um, with both companies just for, for a check-in yeah. um, you know because we we have faced so many challenges and I think it's just important to debrief some of that and, and really see where um, where we all are
8: I think that's a great idea thank you and my second question was or comment was the app I also have the app and I love it but I did miss the first email. Yeah. and i didn't have the code so it was like a few different myself and i should have known so sending it out again to the you're, parents you're not the only
3: one that did that, <laughs> that was my email um,
8: so if i missed it i'm sure i mean probably others missed it so if you can send it out i think that would be great but it works out well
3: great
0: idea yeah. awesome and i'm glad the discussion i heard uh that happened at the last school committee meeting really did um help move the ball along with mm-hmm. Van Poole, So Yeah, sometimes a little can go a long way, and I know you're doing a little work on the back end with your team, but thank you. Okay, moving on to the next item on our agenda, and that is E1, our athletic update. And we have our athletic director here with us, that's Mr. Danny Erickson, to share some updates uh, from the MIAA, as well as uh, what's happening with our facilities and recent tournament bids. Hello,
9: thank Welcome. you for having me. How are you? Um, I was, uh, thrilled, I'm thrilled to be here. Mr. Foleman asked me to come in to just update the committee on some things from the uh, high school athletic world. So that's why I'm here um, and happy to answer any questions as well. It the like, Kendall, you may have had a question about those volleyball standards. Happy to talk about anything while I'm here. Um, I guess I'd start off just by um, a good segue to your transportation discussion. And say that, that it has been a silver lining, anyways. Um, athletic transportation through First Student has been exceptional. Um, we had a lot of struggles last year uh, with uh, filling our trips, and um, I've been very impressed on the charter side of things with First Student. So uh, we have been able to fill every trip that we've requested. Um, it's been it's been a, a very successful ride on our end so far. Uh, and I think it's important for people to hear that. Um, I have two that ride the bus in the morning, so that has already been discussed. But um, as far as the athletics in the afternoon, it's been great. Um, so I thought you'd want to hear that. Yeah, sure. um, thrilled and want to thank everybody here for the support of the Bleacher Project at uh, Memorial Field. Uh, we're in there now. We're using it fully now. Um, it took a, a bit of uh, longer to get there than we had hoped for. Um, We certainly had to pivot a bit to to pull the fall season off, but it worked out fine in the long run. Um, It is a vast improvement to our facility. Uh, Just safety, the lighting, the the structure of the bleachers themselves. Um, It's it's a much safer, uh, more welcoming. um, The ADA piece is wonderful. It's fully accessible to everybody Uh, Just really happy um, that that's our facility, we were able to do some fence work down there as well uh, on the tail end of the project that really uh, wrapped it up nicely. If you haven't been up there, I'd really suggest you you take a ride down and take take a look. It looks a thousand times better than it did a year ago. So thank you very much on behalf of all the students uh, for that. Um, Update for you on our digital ticketing. Uh, we have uh, moved this year to a digital ticketing platform, GoFan, which is basically we're following the lead of the MIAA who started doing this a year ago. Um, we were like bracing for uh, a lot of uh, concern and negative feedback around any transition like that. Uh, and we've we virtually got none. We've got an incredible amount of positive feedback. People love the ability to do that that easily. Um, we were running into more and more problems with people not having cash at our paid events, and being able to provide this as the option has just really been been a win-win for everybody. So, um, not to say that there aren't some folks that would prefer that, um, and you know we we don't keep anybody out of any of our events, and we've been able to get anyone in, uh, whoever shows up, you know. And if typically they don't have that set up yet, we explain to them next time would be great if you could get that set up, and we welcome in it. into our facilities so uh, it's been huge Um, we get people in and out of games much quicker than we got uh, than in the past Uh, it's been a great uh, asset and improvement Uh, also wanted to let you know pca positive coaching alliance uh, a renewed partnership that we started this year Uh, we haven't had one with them for about five years now They're a national um, coaching association that basically provides workshops for various groups and and the uh, relationship we started with the support of our athletic booster club with PCA allows us to have four different workshops where professionals come in. Um, So far we've had two this year. We've had one for our captains um, that we addressed uh, hazing, team building, growth mindset, uh, building positive culture. Um, all of those things were the, the focus of that uh, particular workshop. We did a similar one with our coaching staff So so far we've done two. Uh, it's really makes me proud to see 65 coaches up in the library on a you know, 830 at night on a Tuesday um, Being trained in all these things that I think are really really important um, So those are all some big updates from um, Specifically to us here in Canton. I also Derek also wanted me to update you on some like bigger picture things in high school athletics right now um, including uh, I, I couldn't start off without um, bringing up the fact that we have a, a serious officials shortage um, that's pretty much a national problem uh, but it's definitely a problem in Massachusetts uh, we've seen it firsthand uh, we saw it a lot last spring uh, baseball in particular we had several freshman baseball games where we simply did not have officials Um, Kind of unheard of kind of something that we can't stand for and at the same time um, the MIA has done a a lot of work to try to improve it and um, It is slowly improving Uh, But I just really want to bring to everybody's attention that that's a real thing. Uh, You've probably saw stories about it on the news Um, Just it's harder and harder and harder to recruit people uh, various reasons not the least of which is why we have PCA in which is to encourage a positive environment at these games. Um, I mean, the number one reason why people who leave the officiating field say they do is because of abuse um, and, you know, s- spectators who think they, uh, they know better than the official who's officiating the contest. So it's something that we as athletic directors across the state are all trying to continuously improve on and watch our sportsmanship in our stands. Um, I would say to anybody who visits Kent High School athletic events, uh, if if we, um, if, we, if we hear you complaining to the officials, you'll probably hear from us asking you to stop. Um, it's something that we really won't tolerate. Um, and that's a real thing that we have to all kind of work together to fix. Um, new state tournament went into effect last year. It's the first time that we had a true state tournament rather than it broken up into different sections. Uh, hugely successful. Uh, it was a great year last year. Our fall teams this year did a tremendous job. All. All four teams who could possibly qualify qualified for that tournament. Each of them won at least one game. It was uh, it was a great fall for our programs, and we were happy to be involved in the the, the new state tournament format. Um, finally, the the only other big picture uh, item I wanted to bring up uh, was NIL, which is um, na- uh, name, image, and likeness. Um, it is something that has got in, got on the um, on the headlines lately. The media has certainly picked it up. Um, It's the idea um, that student athletes can potentially profit from their own name, image, and likeness. Uh, It's something that you heard a lot about with college athletics over the last three, or four, or five years, been a lot of Supreme Court decisions around this issue. uh, And some of the more recent ones really made it so that collegiate athletes could really profit uh, off of their own, the pictures of themselves, um, their likeness, um, and their names. Uh, <clears throat> it has now, believe it or not, gotten down to the high school level. Um, recently the MIA put out some guidelines about what student-athletes must follow and what schools must follow when it comes to student-athletes around their own name, likeness and image. Um, very, uh, very very difficult topic to kind of get your arms around when it comes to you know, why is it happening. Um, And what we can do to control it really the MIA got a bad rap from the media on this idea that the MIA is now allowing uh, Student-athletes to make money off of their high school sports That's really not what the MIA did the MIA Just recognized the fact that some some some, uh, federal decisions made it very very clear that this was a right that Students have which is they they have the right to their their name they have the right to their likeness and their image They can't (laughs) go out and sign a contract with a company to wear Canton High School gear and talk about Kent High School athletics. They can't sign a contract with a company and then come to our games wearing their equipment. Uh, but beyond that, they are, they do have the legal right um, to to profit in any, any way off of their own name, their own likeness, and their own image, even if that is is attractive to folks who would want to support that because of their high school athletic endeavors. So they're connected, but they, we have to make sure they are disconnected. Um, so uh, the MIA really has given us quite a bit of support on this. Um, I've taken a couple of workshops with them already on how we can start educating our local community on the do's and don'ts. Um, kids can very easily make a mistake on this and lose their amateur status which is basically what allows them to play high school sports. Um, if a student athlete were ever to take, take money for something that was in violation of the NIL, um, then they would lose their amateur status and wouldn't be able to play anything but a professional sport for the rest of their life. Um, so that's, it's, it's all pretty high stakes stuff when it comes to that. But it's important, kind of. To, I know it was a lot of uh, mumbo jumbo there, but the bottom line is, it's something that's new. It's something that people are wondering about, um, and it's something we are definitely working on in our office to put together some flyers and be ready to talk to parents and kids about it. So that's the uh, that's the, the the new wrinkle.
0: All right. Well, thank you for that update. And just to kind of work backwards, I'm sure over time uh, there'll be lots of questions about that nil. Um, guidance, if you will, because I can imagine uh, with the rise of social media and the intersection of those two things, we could see uh, uh, some positives and then some challenging areas for students. Do you, are you already talking about that with them or are we kind of waiting to see how this all emerges? Yeah,
9: I mean, I I went to our um, athletic director conference in Hyannis last March and I sat in on a workshop on NIL and they were talking about how this was gonna to come to high schools sooner than we thought. Yeah. And I took very good notes and paid a lot of attention and was interested, but had no no part of me thought that I would be here 13 months later, um, hearing the MIA make a statement like that. Yeah. Uh, it seemed very far off. <coughs> so this is moving very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're just trying to get ready uh, to advise and, and help. Uh,
0: yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you. Keep us posted on that. I wanted to uh, concur that the uh, bleachers are gleaming and glorious, and it's, it's wonderful to have them, as is the, uh, the availability of GoFan, I, I think mm-hmm. it's, like you said, spread like wildfire seems to be very easy to very use simple. and not something I was aware of, but came to me mm-hmm. through multiple text threads. <laughs> about accessing high, sp- high school football game, and then on and on from there. So anyway, it's it's uh, it sounds like the um, rollout has been pretty smooth, and the adoption rate pretty high. So congrats yeah, on I that mean, too. I,
9: I think that the I think that the communication piece uh, is huge. Like you need to let people know, you need to communicate, okay. um, and I think we did a pretty good job with that. I don't think we surprised anybody. We had very few people show up um, at our at our events. You know, surprised that this was happening. Um, we've been able to contact the visiting team a lot it's been more more um, any sort of negative feeling has come from basically visiting folks who were not aware and we're trying our best to work through other athletic directors to make them aware and really when when we move um, the calendar forward a year or two there are just going to be way more schools that are on board with us uh, than there are right now and and it'll be second nature to everybody
0: yeah that's Part of pioneering something new,
9: so that's right. Little implementation Understood. dip, but honestly, it hasn't been bad at all. It's been great.
0: Terrific.
3: Questions or comments from the committee? I have a few. <laughs>
0: um,
3: first of all, I completely agree about GoFan. It's been excellent, very helpful. And the one mistake that people can make is buying the tickets on a cell phone and then leaving that cell phone at home not saying that we did that, but I may mean, have. <laughs> but it's all in the name of supporting Kitten Sports, so we're good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that <laughs> mistake again, right? The FAQs. Uh, right, exactly. Don't <laughs> leave. What the is the one event. mistake you could make? Or not, or not <laughs> let you in your oh, it's, you okay. it's okay. It's um, okay. No, but congratulations to the fall sports teams, for sure. We were at a bunch of the games, so it was um, very exciting. and. Um, the summary, I want to give you so much props, so many props for the um, summary email that you sent of the postseason sports and all the information. It was just so concise and the links and everything right there. It was extremely helpful. Oh, thank you. So, and I know I heard that from others as well. So awesome. I'm sharing my own experience and others from that. Great, um, what else? Um, Paul Parnell says hello. I saw him earlier this week. Oh, no. That's probably a blast from the past, yeah. but did want to forget to tell you that he said hello. <laughs>
9: right back at him. Okay.
3: <laughs> That's all I have.
0: All right. Well, I want to say uh, also congrats to our fall sports uh, teams overall and those who made the state journey bids, which is great. Yeah, if there's anything that we can do um, to get creative, to to help uh, support uh, communication and Create a culture that is more welcoming and inclusive for our officials. It sounds like you're already doing the tough work, which is having hard conversations with grown-ups and probably others about how to be positive. But if there's something more that we can do to help with that, certainly uh, do let us know because I think uh, uh, we want to set the most positive tone we can, and this is something that's pervasive in society and
2: mm-hmm.
0: any 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 time that someone is welcomed uh to canton we hope that they have a great experience and we know it's 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 hard it's a tough nut to crack but if it's 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 signage alone won't do it but whatever it is please let us know
9: it's it's one of the real reasons where we restarted our relationship with pca is that's really one of their specialties is making sure everything is a positive climate and a positive culture Mm -hmm. um so we're doing our best it's certainly not a new issue it, it's not a new issue, but it has been particularly bad the last couple of years. Um, you know, in, in general, we run, we've run into you know quite a few negative headlines in Massachusetts around high school athletic programs around the state. Mm-hmm. And I am certainly not naive enough to think that something you know along those lines could ever happen in Canton, because it certainly could. All I can say is that we do our best to try mm-hmm. to educate our kids mm-hmm. on those dangers. Uh, around all those issues uh, that we you know do see occasionally in the in the headlines um, So we're doing our best to try to, to do a good job with that So
0: all right. Well, thank you for your leadership
3: on all of these topics. I appreciate you being here. Thank you very
9: much And one more time. thing
3: just to the point. I want to just further what you said the fact that you're having um, the team leadership and the coaches involved in the training that you were discussing yeah. I think is a huge measure towards that setting the culture right from the top correctly we can't have every week be referee appreciation week although I think that was great that was that there was a really good focus on it that week so um, thank Thank you you so much
0: thank you all right the next item on our agenda is item E2 which is a review of an updated district policy JIC Uh, specifically there's some language around mass general law chapter 71 section 37 h three and a quarter and three quarters Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right uh and we are hoping to have members of the policy committee talk to us about that and take a possible vote of approval
3: yes so this is i don't know actually i don't know if you um remember more about it we went over this we got a lot of the recommendations from what the state is doing and pretty much are following that um with um, jim hardy's input mm-hmm. on what changed etc i don't know what you want to add to to that. I, I can add a little bit so sure on november, please, on november please.
1: 8th the law changed mm-hmm. and so there are three pieces to the 37h laws 37h mm-hmm. 37h and a half 37H and 3 quarters, and this one really only affects 37H and 3 quarters. Mm-hmm. And basically, the shift is that, and as I say this, it's nice because we are already taking the measures to do what they ha- are asking us to do. So, um, when a student violates a code of conduct in our handbook, um, the new law. Is asking us not asking us it's telling us because it used to ask us to and now it's saying you have to do this you have to consider alternative remedies prior to suspension including restorative practices and peer mediation and things like that and so already as a district we are doing some of that we are continuing to train to do some of that another component of this new law is the documentation piece and making sure we have all of the documentation of all the things we have tried prior to suspending a child. And what's important to know is that what it doesn't do is it doesn't preclude us if the incident is severe enough from suspending. Um, It's really asking us to consider the incident and the history of the students involved and sort of what has happened up until that point before rendering a decision. And so I think that it's very in line with what a lot of schools are practicing already. Um, but it is a change in language. It does go from, you know, principals should to principals shall, mm-hmm. which is very different. Um, okay. And so that's the, that's the change.
3: Am I correct in saying this? So please correct yep. me if the changes within the policy apply only to students with IEPs or 504 plans? That an incorrect, incorrect No, this statement. is everybody. It's everyone. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not the policy itself, but the changes that were the made. Changes apply to everybody.
8: Okay. All
3: right. Mm-hmm. All right.
8: We should review
1: that because
0: I have the same understanding.
3: You? Yeah. I have seen notes. I have seen
0: from our meetings, so, but okay. no, this applies to everybody. Okay. Um, and the other thing, I think because I've had the chance to background on this policy change as well, separate from the subcommittee um, with Superintendent Follin. Uh Is it also true that our student discipline policy, JIC, has uh, been amended to come closer in line with the full recommendation from MASC?
8: Not that we were part of that conversation, we might have, so, but we were. I, I wasn't at least.
0: So recently, been, but I, not. so recently, MASC updated in twenty twenty
1: two. So this yes. is the they, This is the updated version mm-hmm. because what happened was, from what I understand, that when the law changed, mm-hmm. MASC said, "Oh, we haven't updated our policy." Mm-hmm. So they updated their policy. And so we are working off of their most up-to-date calls. Yes. Right. Is that what you're asking? I, okay. Yeah, okay. I want yes, to clear, that is the case. And the
0: reason I'm asking its a Thank loaded you. question yes. or comment because uh, this is essentially, <laughs> as I understand it, to be the file, the reference best yes. practice file right. from it is. ASC. It is and that right. matters because I believe we, in this case, if, if members felt comfortable, would prefer to have a, a more speedy vote to come in line with the law as opposed to a second or third read unless members felt uncomfortable. And so I just wanted to give that background piece. And And that's how I talked to him about it because it was about agenda setting and why this one needed to be um, at least given that consideration.
1: And so this current policy that you're looking at is um, in line with the November 8th law.
4: Perfect.
3: And it is the recommendation from Jim Hardy to use this version.
4: Yes, okay. which one is the one that Jim is recommending this is our new JRC this one here Mm -hmm. yes oh okay all right yeah Yeah. okay so this is the updated one yeah the the one I
8: was confused by and I apologize Christiane I was I was thinking it was a separate conversation but if it they didn't have the updated version they updated it with the law and that's the one we're bringing forward so yes
0: that makes sense so that's this this item here and then this is our updated
2: handbook language mm-hmm. and now comes yes. in line right. The right. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Right. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like the substantive changes were um, should to shall? Yes. Really, that's, that, that's the, the gist of it? Yes. OK. Yeah. We're going no longer an no.
1: option.
7: OK. No, I, just, I believe you might need a vote on both oh, yeah, of those yeah. separately. Um,
4: um, yeah, is yes. there
0: any other discussion or questions? Do you
7: feel so it's the, it's the appendix change. Of the handbook and each then one. The, yeah, policy. Yeah,
0: one the policy, okay. And there's specific language we would use if we chose
4: to move forward. And so well, if it's by law, and mm-hmm. it's a timeliness thing, yeah. it, you know, should, I feel similarly.
0: Yeah. If you feel, yeah, the yeah. yeah. And okay. obviously members of the okay the yeah. policy subcommittee would sure. So okay, so fabulous. So if that is the case, I am looking for a person to make a motion to accept the language changes to district appendix pertaining to. Mass General Law, Chapter 71, Section 37H and three-quarters. Do I hear that motion?
3: So moved. Second.
0: All in favor? Aye. aye. It's an aye from me, or zero. Uh, those changes are approved. And then, secondarily, if it is the committee's wish to adopt um, the new MASC policy, JIC, uh, within this first read, then I am looking for a motion to approve and adopt and or adopt the JSGIC policy as written. So, we we'll that motion. Second. All right, all in favor? Aye. 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 right, 4-0. The policy is approved as written. Thank you, everyone.
1: to the next item. Thank you for that. That definitely helps. Great.
0: Awesome. Okay, so the next item on our agenda is E3, that's our district goal updates.
1: So, all right. So I'm going to give an update both on Priority Area 2 and 4. Um, so for Priority Goal Area 2, this pertains to behavioral expectations and the proactive steps the district is taking to build relationships and connections to the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of components to this that we have already begun. Um, first, and I do, Josh Vogel is here as well. So. may jump in and and help out with any questions because he helped design a lot of the components that are helping us move forward in this goal area okay Um, so prior to the start of the year mr. Fogel actually helped develop and implement a pre-k to 12 system to track behavioral incidents and design clear response protocols for the different levels Um, we had in the past used Uh, system 6 through 12 but really didn't have anything at the elementary level and so thanks to Josh we do have something now Um, so new this year the elementary level has a behavioral referral form where staff can enter information about students behavior and immediate notices go to building administrators educators collaborate with the administration team or they did to build the form we actually had a meeting last spring where we worked Um, collaboratively with members of all different stakeholder groups to create the form and make sure it had what it needed Um, and so the entries include setting information sending information such as the referring staff member students name incident details staff response additional support methods in which the family was notified and mitigation efforts moving forward Um, and as i said we were already working towards some of what you just voted Mm -hmm. in and this is one of the tools that actually Mm -hmm. allows us to maintain all of the documentation that the new law actually is asking us to do so that was really fortuitous perfect Um, as i said the middle school and the high school use reticter to support and track student conduct and the tracker has this tracker has been well received by educators and administrators And it's allowed for appropriate follow-up and tracking of behavior patterns. And in the memo that you have, there are samples there for you to see. They're tiny, but we could always provide, you know, bigger versions of that. Um, And none of what you see in here has student information. It is all um, um, Josh created um, using his favorite um, sports teams and players as samples. (laughs) So, in addition, Um, The monthly meetings are being held with building leadership to review behavioral patterns through qualitative and quantitative data analysis and best practice studies. Um, And you can see that once a staff member submits an incident, the building administrator receives an automatic email, so they know that there's something to follow up upon. They can also observe and refer back to previously related incidents and pre-K through eight teams have a repository collecting each incident submission and they can analyze trends and patterns by student, by day of the week, time, staff response. This is live and can be analyzed at any time. Um, You'll see that this looks familiar. This is one of Mr. Fogel's data dashboards that is actively used on a regular basis by our admin teams. And as a result of this data and tracking system, the building leadership views the data daily by principal, team chairs, um, adjustment counselors in the BCBAs and the data is received reviewed thoroughly um, during SRT which are our student um, response team meetings which happen weekly at every school mm-hmm. and then in addition there are quarterly band van, bus and van meetings with administration and transportation reps to review expectations incident response protocols and a camera system so that was something that was noted as an action item, and as a result of the transportation challenges this year, there's now a standing weekly meeting to review transportation issues, performance levels, bus data, and behavioral matters. These have allowed the administration to address trends and incidents, and the camera system is up and running and serving the schools. Um, As, I can't remember um, which one of you mentioned the questions on the family survey, that will help give us some data in this area and allow us to really determine like what else we need to continue to do I don't think any of us are under the impression that things are perfect yet and that we know there's work to do and that data will help us help us move in the right direction in addition um, an action item under this priority area was around professional development for restorative practices so over the summer we held two tier one restorative justice trainings by the Suffolk Institute and each of those trainings were attended by school based ad- teams. Um, school administrators all attended, and they brought a few key personnel. In many cases, it was a counselor and then a, a teacher, mm-hmm. so that we were exposing a team of people across the different stakeholders in a school to restorative justice. And then in October, we held our first after school tier one training and you we could only have 20 teachers attend it's a small group because it's very intimate Um, and we had more than 20 teachers sign up and so it worked out because the additional folks were more than willing to move to the March session that we're going to be having and so I anticipate that that session will fill up as well Um, I will say that with the change in the law we have also talked with building principals because our plan was to bring tier two training to the district over the summer but we did talk to them about um, potentially moving that up sooner so that our assistant principals were trained in tier two and then eventually tier three on a faster track given the changes in the in the 37 h and three quarters law Um, And we are going to be beginning in between now and the holidays um, talking with restorative justice folks at Suffolk each of our school buildings will have seven hours of coaching with a coach from Suffolk to think about now how do we start rolling this out with the entire staff and how do we plan to have our two um, parent information sessions. We're going to have an elementary session and then a secondary session. And so our our coaches will be able to help our principals develop what that looks like. So that's priority goal two. Priority goal four is around our student information system. And so our director of technology and digital learning, Julie Shore, held the first meeting of the SIS selection committee on November 8th. Ms. Shore reviewed the district goals the committee's mission, the process, timeline, and expectation. And she noted the importance of all the stakeholder voices. Ms. Shore sent a staff survey and a family SIS survey will be coming soon in early December. So that ball is rolling. um, And we're excited to see where that goes. So those are our two goal updates.
0: (coughs) All right, terrific. It's it's wonderful to be receiving these and in this way, linked directly to the goals and the action steps that are laid out. It makes it very clear for us and it makes me not want to go off track, but I would love to know just how uh, Randy Johnson's done. <laughs> it's very funny um, with some of the examples that you included, Mr. Fogel. Uh, I It's wonderful also that there will be a focus on uh, making sure that there is input about behaviors, and hopefully that will help identify and increase safety for our students on the buses and vans. I want to say, um, I know the input from teachers and staff uh, helped lead to these uh, uh, strategic goals and action action steps because they were asking, I know, at the K-8 through level for a system just like this. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm interested to hear just how well they do receive it. And hopefully, you know, um, it reveals patterns that will also help us, uh, help you, the administration better know. where some of the the tough spots might be too. I'm thinking about bathrooms, other places, where maybe some interventions in places that um, we can help support, um, I don't know, new new tools and strategies for.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. We piloted the system at one of the elementary schools last year, and the data that you get can be really telling. You can tell trends, not even in just locations, but certain times of day, Mm -hmm. certain days of the week, things Uh like that. And so I do think you gain a lot of insight. Beyond the student, but the situation. Right, and it it allows you to provide different types of interventions that you may not have thought of without that data. Or you might want to
0: monitor and you can see the data proves Mm -hmm. it, things like that. So really exciting. Yeah, awesome. Are there questions or comments from the school committee?
3: I have a question for Mr. Fogel. Um, Was Randy Johnson the picture that had that bird incident? Yeah, that's what I thought I was going to be on the incident report here. Okay. (laughs) I won't elaborate
4: on that. Any other comments? So I actually have a couple of questions. I'm just trying to understand the process. So as I'm looking at the referral referral form entries Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering sort of what the upshot is. Like what's the either resolution? So is that final category? Did you require support in the moment? So is it do you get to a done point, so to speak, in terms of a particular incident? Like how does it get closed out? Yes. Okay, so so where does that appear?
1: So there's an email. Go ahead, Josh. Yes, because and as he's coming down I will tell you. Okay. because one of the things that we heard from the staff survey last year mm-hmm. was about the follow-up piece right and so josh mm-hmm. has helped to create a process where the follow-up is much clearer okay and mm-hmm. so okay
2: uh
10: I, the follow-up can be uh, offered in a number of ways mm-hmm. i think the one way that has been well received is within the email that a building administrator gets they have the ability to then write back to the mm-hmm. staff who initiated the referral and share their follow-up or intervention with the student. Okay. I think in many cases, um, conversations with the student's team or, or the referring member mm-hmm. uh, occurs very swiftly after the initial uh, re- report, uh, but there are instances in which the building administrator, whoever responds, does write back to the referring staff member with the intervention or corrective action.
4: Is that building that it will happen, like it's, it's part of the the, whoever initiated it they automatically will be you know applied to if you will like you know so to how do you ensure that um, the follow-up happens is that sort of automatic or does it depend on the discretion of city administrator
10: the option could be automatic Uh I think given the uh, student uh, conduct I, I think it might uh, be on the discretion of the administrator. Sure. So the administrator does have the option to quickly write back to the teacher saying Here's what we're doing with the student um, So that option is preserved and exists in every referral yeah. um, I suspect that more often than not that is the case and then sure. sometimes given the incident They just might go back to the teacher and say here's what we what we did with working with the student.
1: Yeah in certain cases it is tracked in yeah. um, so at the secondary level, for instance, it's absolutely tracked in occurred because yeah. that's where the administrators put in mm-hmm. what the consequence was. Mm-hmm. And as part of the new law, there needs to be documentation. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the questions I actually have is, because I is in the elementary level, we're also documenting um, in accordance to the new law. And so, but it's not in Redeker in the same way mm-hmm. unless it's it hits a
4: certain level. Okay.
2: Um,
4: and so, so I'm just curious if that will be part of the culture that the expectation will be that there is something goes back to I assume the teacher. Yeah. You know. So, for example, we'll use uh, the example of two kids have a yep. kerfuffle in the classroom. We'll say it's a fourth grade classroom. Mm-hmm. There is a debate over something. Maybe there's yep. pushing and shoving. So. What happens? Does the teacher, like how, so so just walk us through that process.
1: So typically the teacher, it depends, sometimes the Mm -hmm. teacher brings the kids right down to the office, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes they input it right into this, depending Mm -hmm. on the level of Mm -hmm. intervention needed. Um, Whatever happens, the students end up in the principal's office. The principal does whatever he Mm -hmm. or she does. Mm -hmm. And then typically what happens is the principal will walk back down to that teacher Mm -hmm. and let the teacher know exactly what the resolution was Mm -hmm. and what the outcome was. That's typically what happens at the elementary level because those children are going right back into that classroom Mm -hmm. together most often. And then um, at other times, Mm -hmm. if it's not quite to that level, Mm -hmm. it might be that the principal just sends an email back and says, here's what happens, But you there's usually, I mean, having spent six weeks down there, right. there's always a follow-up with the teacher in okay. some way because they need to know in order mm-hmm. to know how to handle things in no. their own classroom.
4: So I'm just trying to figure out how this um, dovetails with the story of justice and restorative practices. Because mm-hmm. it's just been my sort of general understanding here that the goal is to get it resolved within the classroom as opposed to sending a child down to the principal's office. So, is there a threshold at which, you know, kids go to the office? So, how does it work for the te- from the teacher's perspective? It,
1: it, it's a hard. It's hard to give a clear cut answer mm-hmm. on that. To be honest, because every teacher has a different threshold of what is tolerated. Mm-hmm. To be very honest, mm-hmm. um, and so for some teachers, they handle an incident. In one way through restorative practices right in their own classroom mm-hmm. and for other teachers that same exact incident might result in them bringing the, the students down to the principal mm-hmm. I think what you're going to find is that as we continue to do this work we are trying to calibrate that on some level I we are never going to get to the same exact place mm-hmm. um, I mean it's the same as in my own house I might be okay with one thing and my my husband is not (laughs) um and so you have to you have to have some calibration and there has to be some room for individuality Mm -hmm. and different teachers handling things differently Um, but we are trying to get to a place where there's a Mm -hmm. more common understanding of what is what
4: okay i'm also looking for parents so i see um on the first page there's a notation family is notified but after that, what is the what is the where do parents come into it in terms of? Again, we'll go back to you know two kids fighting in a fourth grade classroom. What ha- so what happens? How do parents find out what happened and what is the resolution? Or you know whether it's because that truly has always been a question. Parents mm-hmm. don't understand. You know, two kids are involved. One kid presumably is held accountable. The other kid. Is not seen to be held accountable. So, where do parents fit into understanding this this process?
1: So, parents are usually called when the student ends up in the principal's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, as principals, call home, we can describe a situation and mm-hmm. an event and an incident. What we can not do is describe any consequences that the child that is not that parent mm-hmm. that received. So whenever i dealt with a fight i would call call home and i would talk to the parent of the child i was dealing with in that moment i would explain what happened what the consequences are and if there was another child involved i would Try to reassure the parent mm-hmm. that we dealt with it in an appropriate way, I often refer that parent mm-hmm. to the handbook mm-hmm. and let them know that we followed the process outlined in the mm-hmm. handbook, That, but because of FERPA laws, mm-hmm. I couldn't discuss sure. specifics. Mm-hmm. And so that's typically
4: how mm-hmm. most principals handle this. Okay. So, in this, Mr. Fogel, this may be on a different screen, but the <laughs> referral, referral form entries, um, where, is it not- where is it, does it get noted that the parent or the family has been notified Involved is that on a different screen that we don't perhaps don't see here
10: uh, The referral form. Yeah,
4: well just where do you capture in the process that the, the, the family has been notified? Um, so where would that be captured
10: in, in two spots one okay. on the referral form the parent has been notified by okay. uh, And then it's a series of, of mm-hmm. options okay. And two in the staff response,
4: okay? And does it get documented somewhere? You know, spoke with parents, Parent understands. Parents more questions. We I mean, do you capture sort of that piece of it as well. So not only notifying the parents, but also capturing: do the families understand what what has happened, or do they have more questions? Does that get captured as well? There is uh,
10: the option for a description. On, okay. You know, parent or guardian was notified. Uh, you know, uh, details based on that conversation and follow up. Yeah.
4: And in terms of, I know we've talked about staff follow-up, is there any later follow-up with a family, you know, a week or two later to say, is everything okay? Do you understand what happened? Was it resolved? You know, does that, is this also, like a family follow-up triggered as part of this? Or at least bring before perhaps more, um, you know, higher level or something that was at a higher level than just a a simple kerfuffle, if you will.
1: I think it depends on the situation. Uh Um, I know that, I've built in plans where there is very specific Mm -hmm. follow-up and check-ins and sometimes there's check-ins with the children after Mm -hmm. and sometimes there's check-in with the parents after. Mm -hmm. It really is situation dependent Mm -hmm. um, and the parents are always encouraged to continue the conversation Mm -hmm. But really, I think it has to rise to a certain level mm-hmm. for us to have that built in mm-hmm. follow up with
4: families. So, is there built in follow up with families here at a certain level or no?
1: So, I think that would be included in the detail that Josh okay. was just referring so to. So, like follow up with family
4: yeah. in two weeks or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. yeah. okay. Hmm. Oh, and just finally, the buses on the cameras on buses. This was something I had posed before. So are you pulling data on a regular basis? Is it requiring an incident report from a family or a bus driver? How, how what what results of the decision to pull camera footage from the buses? It's an incident report okay. from either a bus driver or a family. Okay. okay. And
0: usually for that to happen, it's the bus driver or the student maybe reporting to the principal when they get to school. We talked about that last week. Correct. Yep, yeah. 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 Okay. students so, can also report for yeah, sure. Yeah, they were able advocate teacher, Any, principal, yeah. Yep. yep. Just let them know and then yeah. they'll be able to go back and look at the yes. footage. Well, and I know they're doing viewing. it um, for things yeah. like um, cafeteria and so forth. I mean, even in the schools. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Help. yeah. Figure out what's that going happens on. All the time. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, right. This is a fantastic update. Thank you yeah. very much. Okay. 7.57. Let's keep on moving. Almost on time. We're going to make it up right now because there is no public comment. Um, that I'm aware of, uh, which would be item F, and we will move straight on to item G, which is our Director of Finance and Operations report. Uh, Mr. Marshall, do you have an update for us on the ESSER grant in revolving accounts that you can share?
7: I do. You're stuck listening to me for a few more minutes tonight. Um, so, ESSER 3 uh, was the last of, um, whoa. Hopefully, it was the last of the, the COVID uh, grant funds. Um, a total of nine hundred twenty-nine thousand dollars. This was direct to the district, um, not to the town. Um, so I've provided what the um, initial application uh, budget was, and when we submit these budgets, um, you know we're having a level of discussion and conversation that is. Um, definitely more specific than um, what I'm showing here but I, I'm, I'm providing you with what was really submitted to the um, you know to the state as to how we were going to spend um, those funds uh, so the first line um, was for uh, instructional um, staff uh, teacher staff to help with um, any learning loss um, so that was a hundred thirty thousand dollar line we have not yet tapped um, any of those funds. Um, then we get into some support staff salaries. Um, the administrative support, uh, was for, um, the admin um, in the business office to support uh, grants and um, some of this work. Uh, we were fortunate last year to um, assume those costs on the operating budget, so I don't expect those costs ever to hit um, ESSER, um, but that was our plan if we were to kind of get into some budget uh, constraints last year. Um, but I think that that money will, um, will come back to us. Um, lunch monitors, um, same thing. Uh, through COVID last year. uh, We had some different lunch schedules than typical. There was a need for lunch monitors. We were able to assume those costs in the operating budget. Um, They were never charged uh, back to um, the grant. Same thing again, we had two ed assistants um, that we had planned um, to charge to the grant. Uh, We were able to cover them through operating last year. Um, Health office assistance. are continuing through this year so we've had some uh, some money spent there uh, we have encumbrances for this year as that is continuing um, these were not specifically budgeted there but um, fall within that category of support staff um, and so that is uh, you know fifty seven thousand dollars that we have spent there. Um, title one tutors uh, we have uh, some money uh, that is encumbered for this year um, to support tutoring work that's happening during the day at the elementary um, schools um, and then into stipends, um, teacher and instructional staff, um, and support staff. This was for um, you know additional um, supports that were provided uh, for to address learning loss. Um, so you have uh, fifteen thousand dollars for teachers and um, uh, four thousand dollars that was spent um, for EAS. The MTRS line um, is associated with that $130,000 line at the top Uh, that is a state requirement that any um, uh, federal or or state or any federal grant money um, that is provided uh, to pay teachers Um, there is an additional 11% that's paid to Mass Teachers Retirement System for um, those staff members, and they take that money, they take 70% of that off the top. Um, So you see that um, some of that was already paid, the $11,000. So because of that, uh, there is not a way to amend that. That money has already gone to MTRS, so we are going to want to um, spend $130,000 on teaching staff. Contractual services, um, we had some, uh, issues that, um, with pods, uh, during COVID, uh, we had, uh, pods that, um, items were removed as we were reconfiguring classrooms, um, like kindergarten rugs were, um, were stored away. And, um, there was some, uh, billing, multiple billing errors, um, with the company that I fought with them for over 11 months um, they were trying to charge us we asked for those to be removed on July 1st um, they couldn't because of their own problems weren't able to pick those up um, until August and September I was not willing to pay for the pods that we had asked to be removed on July 1st and so um, it ended up going to collections um, we ended up fighting with a third-party agency um, and so that was ended up being mm-hmm. the agreed upon um, price uh, that we paid, and sr two had already been closed at that point where those funds were originally slated, so um, they ended up here on SR mm-hmm. three. Um, we did had planned to do some additional work with the YMCA as we had done the year prior, but the YMCA was not able to really work with us um, in the way that we needed last uh, this just this past summer. We did not end up spending those funds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Social-emotional uh, supports, uh, staff, SEL, uh, PD um, was a line item for 15000 We have not yet spent. Uh, the equity audit, um, I think we're all very well aware that that is well underway. Um, we had budgeted $55,000. Uh, we have 61810 encumbered for that work that is happening. Supplies uh, for PPE, we're just really unsure as to what we might uh, need, um, and so that money was assumed through operating and other uh, resources, and so we did not end up spending uh, that money to date. Instructional materials um, was uh, really the uh, last uh, large section here, and uh, we've really spent um, a decent amount of money uh, that we had allocated for that purpose um, there. And then AirPods, um, this was an audit finding on sr 1. Um, that we were not able to provide uh, substantial backup to the state Uh, where the audits are just beginning on some of these COVID funds we purchased wireless earbuds Um, the state came back to us and said that we were not able to provide sufficient evidence that we needed to purchase wireless versus wired earbuds uh, for students to be able to hurt to to learn Um, the reality is at that point in time in COVID when we purchased these uh, kids were learning remotely and we ordered whatever it was that we could Um, I wasn't actually here at at that point um, but the state was not willing to entertain that um, and they uh, docked many districts um, for the purchase of wireless earbuds through that um, so it was not an allowable expense based on the way the sr 1 was written uh, we do believe it is an allowable expense on ESSER 3 so we had to move those funds as the state um, clawed that money back from ESSER 1 and uh, lastly, the line item was three hundred thousand dollars for HVAC work. Um, we have not spent any of that money, uh, but we are now um, having conversations, and Miss um, uh, Shannon might be able to elaborate a little bit more in terms of um, some work that you know we're. Our principals are starting um, and to try to work on a plan uh, to provide some additional tutoring um, through the remainder of this year and into next year. And we might want to look at um, amending the grant and, and actually removing some of that money from HVAC work as we do believe we have some sufficient money through ARPA funding and capital funding in order to do some more work specific to students with uh, um, the remainder of our ESSER uh, funds.
0: Fabulous. So just a couple... Um uh, kind of 40,000 foot questions uh, and, and based on some of the news and uh, headlines in the you know in the press I'm, I'm it, which talk about in the state um, there being some funds in some districts that are going unutilized and what I what I, what I, what I wonder if you just talk about at a, at a higher level is just some, some answers to some basic questions like one um, did we apply for what would be considered the maximum amount of funding that Canton could have, and then two, um, if if there are areas that we've now learned we uh, anticipated but couldn't have used the funds and are now directing, are we able to use the the maximum amount of funds that? were available to us do you think we will be able to
7: yeah so um we have not turned away any funds related to covid um funding i can say that um these were allocations that were based on a formula um at the state level Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't that we were able to apply for a certain amount of funds we were allocated um a certain amount and we applied for the full amount of the allocation um i i do believe you know i i had a conservative approach when we applied for these funds because we were still at a point where we didn't know where we were with covid Um, and so there was a thought this was nine hundred twenty-nine thousand dollars that could be spent over three years through fy 24. um at that point a year almost a year and a half ago um if a spike would have come and we would have had to go back into a remote learning environment or something we would have assumed some ridiculous amount of costs that we really were not budgeted for um so Uh, I wanted to make sure that we had a pocket of money available which I believe many business managers around the state had that same approach. Now you're getting to the point where you're starting to build FY24 budgets. This money is only available through the end of FY24 and so you have to start spending. we have nine hundred twenty-nine thousand dollars total. Um, I believe left is, is around five hundred thousand dollars. I can promise you that we can spend five hundred thousand dollars tomorrow. Um, it's not it's not going to be difficult. In some large urban districts, you're you're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars in a place where maybe there's not a great plan in order to spend that money. And I think that's what you're seeing in some of the news headlines. Um, I'm confident that we'll be able to spend this money. I think what we need to do now, from an administrative standpoint, central office, and working with our principals, is understand now that we see a clearer picture, how can we best utilize this money? Yes, this is what we said originally. We have the chance to amend, and let's let's use this money in the best way um, to impact our students.
0: That's fabulous, and I, I hear loud and clear you're talking about um, tutors, which make a ton of sense. I know that, again, tight labor market also factors in. So. Uh Glad that you'll be working in close concert with the principals on that topic
1: and yesterday at our cabinet meeting we actually had our first brainstorming session about what that could look like at the different levels because it will look different at elementary at middle and at high because the schedules and the way that the school functions on a daily basis is different but the principals started to come up with some creative ways to really address the gaps that exist and start to close those so we're excited about the opportunity and the potential impact that it
0: has on actual student learning. Yeah, that's excellent, because we know the gap is very real, and so having the funding and the chance to apply direct um, assistance to that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Other comments, questions from
4: the school committee? Ms. Moran? Yeah, in terms of the instructional
7: materials,
4: was this the common lit, what's the breakdown of of what that um,
7: I can provide what the actual breakdown was. There was some items that were listed in the ori- original yeah. um, application that ended up being funded out of ESSER two because okay. we still had ESSER two funds. So um, there was some IXL, which was sure. a large portion. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, there was some changes that were made in terms of, of what um, was purchased, but yeah, I can, yeah. Um, I can certainly provide that sure. for you. I don't have it in front of me right now.
4: Okay, and I'll share with the committee, when we went over this in the budget finance subcommittee, you know, one of the, when this was first sort of outlined, um, drop-in tutoring in elementary middle and high was talked about Great. and I was asking this was a year ago so I was asking um, how much money has been spent on tutoring over the past year and I know you know so it, it looks like there's been approximately you know the stipends for the uh, teacher instructional ta- staff and support staff is really not a, it's not a whole lot and I, I am troubled that we have hundred thirty thousand dollars that could could be used that's still sitting here. So, um, you know, I hope we can, we, we know there's been lots and gaps. We've, see, we've seen those reports. So, um, you know, I would, I would have liked to have seen more of this money was tapped because it was in discussion about tutoring. Um, so how we can move on this to get this, you know, to get this money spent to get our kids the help they need ASAP. So, um, again, I'm troubled by the delay because we have kids we have seen the scores we know there's gaps so um, I just would like to see it moved on thoughtfully and quickly
1: yeah and I think part of that is that one of the things we had thought about originally was doing it as after school Mm -hmm. or in what we have shifted to is how Mm -hmm. do we how do we provide that service to kids during the school day because not everybody is available and we want to make sure we're targeting kids in an equitable way, so I think our goal
4: actually is to roll things out Mm -hmm. and have this start at the beginning, mid-January. So one thing I I remember thinking about at the time when we were discussing this within the budget subcommittee Mm -hmm. was the idea that, you know, kids could come at some point before or after, um, and then it'd be open to everybody as opposed to restricting it to, whether, however, I know summer scholars is something that is is restricted to certain certain students I've always been in favor of again especially if a parent at an elementary level is realizing a child you may need some help the child may not qualify for services or or the literacy pullouts but how do we make this open to everybody so that you know whether it's during the day so for example if if, could teachers be given stipends to provide things if we're looking for creative ways to get stuff out there if a before and after is part of that thought process could stipends be used um, with our teachers
1: yeah and I think we have provided some of that it's just not really well attended and it there have been things we've tried to run mm-hmm. where teachers didn't we couldn't get the staffing okay. to do that mm-hmm. um, and that was a real thing because sure. I think teachers were as tapped out sure. as they could mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this new approach is during the day where people are there and bring somebody Mm into whose specific job is to attend to these needs. Um, And yes, there are things that we wanna provide where we invite all and this, we're really trying to target those who have the greatest gaps. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we ran into some. You know, we even talked about doing some things over vacations and things, and mm-hmm. teachers just didn't want to sign up to do those types okay. of things at
4: that time. So I know when Mr. Sproul was here from the high school, he talked about a math interventionist. Yep. With this pot that's of exactly yeah, what so, about. so with this so this pot of money, whether it's math, um, yes. would you expand that to look at ELA at the high school as well as ELA and math at the middle school? Because again, that model the elementary yep. seems to work really well. Yeah. So could this pot of money be used for things like that?
1: That's exactly what we're trying okay. to do. We are targeting math first, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll look at ELA,
4: yeah. And then long-term, mm-hmm. obviously, if that's a model that, once the money runs out, have sustainability.
7: And so we're already having those yeah. conversations. are yeah. trying to awesome. build a program. Um, potentially, we have enough money here to, to fund something that would mm-hmm. start um, in the winter, yeah. um, and then would go through the entirety of next school year, mm-hmm. um, being funded through the grant, right. um, and then working on FY25 budget um, sure. to say, hey, this is working. This is working mm-hmm. well. Um, and what funds do we really need to um, to appropriate from operating in order to continue it? Great. Yeah. Good. Okay.
2: Sounds Here,
0: good. You no, know, this approach does seem um, very well thought out. I've heard it, same thing. It's in the news. But you know, there's some districts that are in, in dire straits looking at you know, making a full year, you know, school full year round, extending the days, I mean, doing some really drastic measures. The idea that we'd be able to um, incorporate learning into the current school day, and offer that enrichment uh, right now. Uh, makes a ton of sense. I'm glad it's coming. And uh, we're at the point where we have a much better sense of where our students actually are at and what they'll need. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten, I think, through that. It's hard to believe that last year it was just March time frame. they went back. Into the classroom, and so much as yeah. you know, we're, we're back to whatever the new normal is now. I, I appreciate also the point you made, not knowing like if the new normal would last and what that would be. But uh, the position that we're in now uh, gives me some, some hope, and I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that you're moving on it quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you,
0: okay. awesome, okay. Do you have another update about a scholarship um, or revolving? Revolving? Yeah.
7: So um, I provided in the packet just an update. I'm not going to go through this in, in um, much detail, but uh, because of the conversations that we had around um, food service and the food service revolving account, we wanted to show an update. Um, I will the the school lunch is the first item and we have a projected balance here of four hundred and thirty thousand dollars um no uh federal or state reimbursement revenue from this year has been booked yet so these are numbers that are right out of the financial system um martha gave me that today uh through october uh we're expecting two hundred and seventy three thousand dollars so that balance remains at around seven hundred thousand dollars which is where it ended last year. And um, so Martha and I, as I said, we'll start going through that to really determine um, how is the best use, what of that can we use um, to put back into what I call the center of the plate, um, improving um, quality uh, nutrition of the food, Um, that's a sustainable approach um, for the future, and then what of that can be used as kind of one-time money to fund some of these capital type of projects. So it'll be a mix of, of both. Um, and so we'll, we'll begin working on that. And um, Martha feels uh, comfortable with that and, um, and we know that we, we have to spend some of this money. I think I stated that at the last meeting. Um, the, the rule is uh, you can only carry three months worth of operating expenses. Um, so you can see this is uh, just one month, um, but we, we, need to, um, we need to start looking at how we spend some of that. The rest of the balances are there. Um, we need to correct a few of the negative balances um the elementary recorder is something that is just carried through for a while, so sixty seven bucks will Um, take care of and then you'll see um, extracurricular drama has been added Um, the elementary schools there as we take on some of the expenditures and and operations of the elementary plays Um, so you see a negative amount there and that's just because uh, we kind of started with nothing Um, and so we've the Hanson elementary plays in December Um, we're already full uh, well underway for that to happen Um, and so ticket sales will uh, start coming in and and will offset um, some of those expenses Um, the large I Items here are our, our building rental account um, we utilize that um, you know for for one-off type of um, building projects that might happen um, I will also note the um, parking um, student parking fees um, that balance has been climbing um, and so we'll look at that uh, working with mr. Spurling um, you know he has some ideas um, some lining numbering of parking spaces I'm um, doing some different things that will help um out in the parking lot uh looking at some signage as well um improved signs um at the rodman entrances um things of that sort uh that you know that right um exit um is often you know you see cars flying in there um uh, uh, visitors that and it's not on purpose a lot of times um there's just not great signage that's out there so we're working on some of that uh, which will be a good use for some of those funds and then our elementary school um or a preschool um tuition account um, and that we use uh, for EAs and, and some staff, um, and is also used for a variety of supplies um, for, the, um, for the preschool. And so that's another just large balance that you'll see there.
0: Okay, fabulous. Discussion from the school committee?
8: I have a question related to Martha's budget, mm-hmm. or our, our, our budget in general. Could the, some of that money be utilized to help her hire new people?
7: yeah so uh, and we're looking at that too i mean so martha has struggled probably the worst of all of us in order to um just attract staff um this year um has you know uh there's been some um some COVID impact on that staff as well um and so we're we're looking at that staffing model too looking at that for um both from a custodial maintenance and food service um to look at uh where are we compared to um, you know other districts um, just in staffing models mm-hmm. and um, and where do we think that we need to be in order to make some um, improvements? There's a couple of data points that we can use. Um, meals per labor hour is used in the food service world to oh. you know determine um, like how many meals are going out per um, labor hour and um, and look and see where we are and um, uh, so you can tell pretty, Quickly, um, how strained our staff is, yeah. and um, and so we'll we'll certainly look at that. But again, a lot of the money that's in that revolving account is because of COVID money that came in, mm-hmm. um, and is not sustainable long term. Okay. And it is a self um, uh, funded program, and we don't you know just fifty thousand dollars comes out of operating right now. Um, To support the food service program and so we might need to look at that as well um, for a sustainable long-term approach if we do have some additions
8: and also considering if we're going to change the foods that come in that need to be prepared probably you're going to need more staff too if we're going to do more cooking
7: That's 100% and there's another aspect that's even another level of that which is how we're purchasing. So um, all of our purchasing has to follow procurement law and we have to go out to bid. So um, we currently purchase out of the tech um, collaborative for food service purchasing and that uh, constrains us in terms of what we can actually purchase. And that's something that you know Canton, is part of tech and has done for a long time. But there might be some things that we we want to pull out of there. Um, and uh, you know, it seems sometimes ridiculous that you're putting out a bid for chicken, um, but literally, um, like that's what the state requires us to do. And uh, so, raw, cleaner products um, have historically not been part of that tech. Um, Bid, and so we need to look at our, our purchasing um, okay. aspects as well.
0: I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great discussion. Great progress. Even in just considering, yeah.
4: just uh, just quickly. So the athletics and the gate receipts. Um, what is the athletic money used for, as well as the gate receipts? Are there any rules around how much money can be in there? The sim- similar way that food services kind of restricted. So what is that money used for because it's, it's sitting there so what, what is it used for
7: um, so no rules around how much can be there um, on these um, other revolving accounts mm-hmm. the money can only be used for um, what the purpose of the revenue mm-hmm. fee was um, so athletic that line is from um, our our participation fees, mm-hmm. um, and it can only be used to to help support the athletic program. Okay. Typically, at the end of the year, uh, we'll do an offset um, mm-hmm. to um, you know to athletics. Um, it's another thing that you know I, I wasn't when I started. I needed to gain. Everybody uses their revolving accounts mm-hmm. differently, mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have. Sometimes in a district you would just charge the athletic director there Mm -hmm. and that would happen every year and it would take, and Mm -hmm. and it's an easy, you know, it's gonna be a certain amount of money and it's gonna come out um, and it's safe. Other times there's nothing charged there Mm -hmm. to begin with and you just do an offset kind of at the end of the year. So what does that mean? An offset, Mm -hmm. but you would just take a portion out of operating and charge it to that account, um, which is what we do you know uh, custodial over time we will move a portion of that to building rental Um, we might move some coaches or officials into the athletic revolving Um, but it is nice to keep a balance there um, in case of hard times in case of something that you don't know Um, and so that's that has always been my approach Um, you know It can be used for one-time money. If we needed to do something, Um, an emergency happens, and we've done that. Uh, You know, we had skylights leaking downstairs Mm -hmm. um, in the gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can't play a volleyball game with a wet floor. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a way that we don't have those funds in operating and we're able to access them. Um, And so it's nice to keep that healthy balance Mm -hmm. because in a bad year, you know that you're not cutting necessarily programs um, Mm -hmm. immediately. Um, But at the same time, we're looking to better understand how we're spending all of our money uh we're working right now on last year's athletic budget to really determine what was spent in uniforms what was spent on officials what was spent on coaches so that we have a good athletic budget um that's something that hasn't been done in canton um since like 2006 2007. um danny is is fantastic and um and does a a great job of um spending what he spent last year mm-hmm. and not going over and then mm-hmm. taking his dollars and, and and spreading them across the, um, but has never really looked at it from, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is what I really need to run my program mm-hmm. and to run it effectively. And so the more that we can give that back to, and that's across all of our departments, that's not specific to athletics. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a little different because we see it here in a revolving account.
4: And the preschool tuition, that's a pretty hefty balance. Um, I know the program is growing Are there more things you could say, rather than charging the operating budget, charge it to here?
7: Um, I don't know what, but... Possibly. Again, um, my view on this is (laughs) keep a healthy balance as Mm -hmm. we work through this feasibility study and the GMS project Mm -hmm. and understanding um, what is the Mm long-term plan um, for the Mm -hmm. pre-K program and being able to say, well, we actually have $200,000 in this account that would help supplement I don't want to say a move Mm because we're not planning anything right Mm -hmm. I don't want to Mm -hmm. scare anybody sure Um, but you know if you even if we were to move say from the first floor to the third floor because that made sense yeah if we needed to do some improvements on the entrance Mm -hmm. um, or the exit or something this gives us that ability
4: great Okay. thank you
0: okay any other questions? Uh, again, great discussion and uh, I know it's late. I just want to say how grateful I am for the discussion and the depth of your knowledge and management skill. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, um, moving on to the next uh, topic. Unless there is a scholarship to talk about? No, it's, it's only the okay. consent. No, it okay. consent All right, yeah. I didn't know if you had to cover anything on it. Okay. All right, so then actually that's a good question though. Um, so we move on to item H in the consent agenda, uh, and that would be the approval of our regular session minutes, November 3rd, executive session minutes, November 3rd, scholarship approval from the Restfelder group. Um, there are two of them in the amount of $2,500 and warrant uh, dated November 18th, 2022. Is there anything we'd like to pull out of this consent agenda?
4: I'd like to pull the scholarship.
0: Alright, so mm-hmm. we'll pull that for discussion. Uh, before we vote the consent agenda.
4: I think so.
0: Alright. So let's let's talk about this item. Is it Reisfelder or Ressfelder? Probably Reisfelder.
3: Yeah. I believe it's Reisfelder, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: as I said it I thought I might have pronounced it wrong. Just like Pavoni. I said Pavone earlier. It was Pavoni. <laughs> Miss Pavoni anyway um so we have a another fabulous scholarship we're just so grateful to our um, uh, local businesses and families who donate very generously every single year um, different forms of uh, support for our students in the form of scholarship and so here uh, we have miss britta Ricefielder and her group um, which is a, a business in town who are offering two scholarships uh, for students, each receiving $2,500. And there are various requirements here, including uh, GPA, essay, and so forth. In each case for our scholarships, uh, there is some latitude for sure in terms of what the scholarship donor is uh, able to require and um, how they like the scholarship to work. Um, Are there questions or comments from the committee about this particular scholarship?
4: So, I will say, I will preface my remarks with what I say every time I I do raise a question about a scholarship, in that, you know, folks are very generous to our students, and we are very grateful for that. The question I will pose, and again, I posed it before, and um, the idea of name blinding our scholarships. And we've talked about it before, we've never had really a full throated conversation about it. Does the committee have a feeling? You know, can we ask that um, scholarship? Uh, those who offer it do name-blind? Is that something that's within our purview to say all our students are going to be name-blinded? My concern being, you know, we name-blind when we have applicants who come to work for the district, for example, we name-blinded. So you're really merely evaluating someone based on their qualifications. Um, so would it level the playing field if all the students were, you know, coded? So. Perhaps guidance knows who they are, but the the individuals, the the select committee, whoever selecting these scholarship recipients, they really don't know who the students are. Um, so I pose that to the question again. I posed it before. Don't know where the committee is at with that, but um, I do feel that if there were name-blind scholarships, it gives a, it just levels the playing field for everybody.
0: You yeah. know, I, I will say because we talked about this last year, and I, I agree. It seems in theory a very good idea. Um, we what we said last time, this came up, is that when there was staff and time, um, definitely looking toward getting a recommendation on obviously the, the whatever best practices, the unintended consequence, which mm-hmm. of course we could imagine would be anybody who is freely providing a scholarship, mm-hmm. deciding that's just not what they want to do. Absolutely, well, yeah. And right. so no, we I mean, had that, said,
4: all part of that conversation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we had
0: said, what if when there is time and if it does make sense um, to. our our administration i think we needed you know hr resources and so forth but it was about potentially providing guidance about a potential philosophy for the district and what we would like to see but certainly not limiting if 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 folks um chose to go a different direction that said i don't know that um there's been movement yet if it's not been prioritized or staffed but
1: what i can tell you is that there is a, a meeting coming up with high school staff where they're talking about um, increasing access to scholarships. And I think that will be a part of the conversation. I don't know where they're going to land or how far they'll get with that, Um, but I know that they're meeting at least to start the conversation about how do we increase access to ensure that more students Mm -hmm. and diverse students are applying. Um, so the conversation is starting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to give them some time and space to figure out where, because I do think that there are some there are some absolute pros and there are some potential cons and they need to weigh out and really think them all through before making a recommendation. I, I can imagine that coming out of our um,
0: equity audit work, there will be some yeah. hopefully best practice recommendation and we can have the best of all the worlds, which yeah. is the guidance and maybe some yeah. movement towards that. And, still some optionality mm-hmm. for folks who have their specific criteria they're interested in.
8: Mm-hmm. Can that I hopefully ask yes. a question, yes. um, since I'm not yeah. familiar with the current process of the scholarships, how in a very high level perspective is it unique to each one of those scholarships or do we have a process from a district perspective? That's a
1: wonderful question. I don't know. I don't necessarily okay. know all the ins and outs of because I haven't been okay. a part of. It. I think it's Question that um, we could get more information on, okay. and let you know. I think um, that would be helpful. But I don't have all the
3: information. Yeah, I feel encouraged to know that that the yep. process, that the meeting, the group is meeting, discussing it, and everything. I certainly, as an unintended consequence, as was alluded to before, would hate for the generosity to be lost on any particular. Mm-hmm. Um, scholarships because of that. Because we were holding anything yeah. up, or um, generous um, donors were just somehow discouraged or an extra hurdle kind of for, for them to give in. So um, I'm for whatever, you know, the equity audit and the group yeah. and everything um, supports what comes to light from there. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's it. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really does to do something like that. Um, but that's on its face, not knowing what the recommendation right. from um, right. staff would be. Okay. So other other comments or questions about this? I do appreciate uh, Ms. Moran, you bringing it back up again because I think it's worth making
8: sure we do explore. Mm-hmm. What is the correct process if it relates to this particular scholarship? Do we have so if the issue was pulled out, can we still we can
0: move it back in okay. and then vote the whole consent agenda, assuming there's no additional discussion, or it could be held for some separate vote.
3: Okay. At some
0: other
4: time is there urgency for it though I would assume. if I, I'm under cool. I, I, was say, I feel more I feel better voting on it if we do have some right. timeline of when this is gonna have some report back to us because again my concern is it, it's been lingering from my perspective mm-hmm. for quite some time now um, it was you know it was a question I raised based on you know so do we have a timeline I know that you said they're meaning but what's the time frame
1: I don't. I don't have that
4: answer, okay. and I don't
1: know if out of their conversations will come a recommendation about being mm-hmm. blind or not through mm-hmm. the process. I think what their conversation is about is is increasing diversity within mm-hmm. um, the scholarship process. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really all I know at this point.
8: Maureen, can I ask a clarifying question and see mm-hmm. how, how comfortable would you feel? It's my understanding, I could be mistaken, that mm-hmm. it's not about this particular scholarship, right. but the process. It's the process, Right, exactly. okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if could we find, maybe through a leadership conversation, what we're, we're, we're deciding agenda items to put this on the agenda, and then they can maybe have this recommendation, or at least an update of what that meeting brought, and then we can continue having the discussion. That's exactly discussion. right. We
0: can bring it back to the leadership meeting, and then again, just realizing that, Um, some of the managerial aspects of um, what happened obviously all of the managerial aspects that happened in the schools are under the purview of our administrators but having school committee um, uh, weigh in and then hopefully see uh, where that can uh, go with with the team if it makes sense to them is is exactly how we, we like to work so we definitely can take it back and it won't be lost
4: and I, and I think this is what complicates it, because we get involved at the, the front end, having to approve it, but um, is this what it? Do, do we know, do we have policies, we must have policies governing scholarships, I think I'll leave them up at one point. Uh, not specific to, um,
0: not, not specific to the application and the management, mm-hmm. just of how we accept them. In other words, that we will work with mm-hmm. external groups mm-hmm. to be able to allow okay. for it to happen. Okay. It's more generic at this point, Sure. but that's a place to take a look.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: You have to accept the revenue. Yeah, is that <laughs> what it is? Okay, it's just like a grant or any other okay. donation. Um, so somebody's giving the district money, and you and and okay. school committee has to vote to approve those funds to come in. Okay. Um, there might be a reason at some point that you would say we don't want your money.
4: Yeah. And actually that's helpful to know mm-hmm. because it's sort of this gray area. Grants are much more cut and dried. It's, to my mind, it's sort of this gray area where it, it's money, but there's also, um, you know, what we would call an equity piece. Like, okay, who has access to them? Mm-hmm. Who's gonna access? So I think that's where my, my concern has been. It's it's in this gray area. Yeah, no, and it's I think it's, it's well-founded. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. prior,
0: priorities and how we get there, and I think it's worth continuing to talk about to see when the time is right. Let's, uh, let's figure out best practice for the district on this. I, and that's actually what we talked about, I think it was last year, is just getting to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, hopefully we will. Um, if, so there's no no further discussion, the dis, there is not dissent, as I'm hearing it, on this application itself. It's Correct. just an opportunity, and I do appreciate it, for continuing to talk about how we, at some point, get to guidance and uh, you know, a thoughtful process about our, our scholarships uh, that maybe up-levels where we've been if it's needed. Uh, so if there's no um, further discussion, I'd move it back into the consent agenda if the committee is mm-hmm. am- amenable, and then ask for a motion of approval for the consent agenda as written. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. aye. It's an aye For me, 4-0. The consent agenda is approved as written. Items 1, 2, 3, 4. And then we are moving on now to item I on our agenda, the update of our subcommittee task force and liaisons. And I'm wondering if we want to start on this side of the table and ask Ms. Spam, thank you for hanging in here. And the whole time I wanted to say, you know, do you want the extra handouts that could help in the future? I'm going to make sure I just get up and give them to you. You can always get up and do that too. It seems so formal, but honestly. It's okay if you need to do anything you need to do, we're just glad to have you. Do you have any updates for us in terms of what your uh,
1: student member group is working on?
6: Um, I know that Emma has most of the information and unfortunately I wasn't able to go to the recent um, meeting in, Cape, in the Cape, but um, it seems like they're doing pretty good. Um, there's, there's supposed to be monthly meetings and I'll be attending the next one, but I don't have much of an update so far.
0: Awesome. And then your role, is it to be, can you talk tell us some more about what, what, what your role is and how that works with Emma's?
6: Um, so Emma is like an executive of the committee and um, me, and along with a lot of other students, high school students in Massachusetts, are just um, attending these meetings and trying to work together to figure out ways to represent just things in our school. We're um, always communicating, there's always messages in our group chats, and we're just talking it through and meeting a bunch.
0: Fabulous, and I don't mean to put you on the hot seat, I just wanted to uh, let you know that's exactly why we are thrilled to have you here, and uh, that's, that's exactly our intention is to make sure that we are. Uh, sort of integrated and the door is as open as it can be for communication back and forth so that we can learn from you as well so thanks for you being here tonight no problem Absolutely. in your service okay um i was not able to attend a meeting last night with the brc i don't know if if you were Thank i was you very much uh and if you have any other judges. Generous- uh, any other
7: updates for us? Yeah, so um, I did attend BRC. So, you know, we're working through a variety of BRC projects. Um, some of them are CCPC funded. Um, so, I have been in communication with the new administrator from CCPC. Um, we'll have some extensions. Um, uh, we're trying to get some updates still on the JFK uh, field bathroom concession stand um, project that has been going on for many, many years. Um, so, that is still on hold. Um, we heard a little bit from um, Danny Erickson earlier about the bleacher project. We're probably 99.5% there. We have a couple last-minute items and punch list items that we're uh, working to um, to get done. Um, and then we'll be bidding um, some unit ventilator HVAC work uh, for both the Hansen and the JFK um, in the spring uh, due to the um, age of that equipment. Um, We have been advised to go out for design, so we're gonna need to do some engineering work um, first, um, and then uh, they will work through uh, with us in order to get a bid out for the actual work. the GMS feasibility study um, is also, uh, you know, under BRC. So we had some conversation mm-hmm. around that. Um, we will be going out for um, an owner's project manager. Um, that RFS uh, has been drafted uh, and needs to go to MSBA for review, um, and the BRC is also reviewing that. So um, a lot of good feedback on that in less than twenty-four hours, and uh, and we'll get that out soon. Um, and then just a few other uh, small projects that that are going. Um, also sustainability, um, we're working on trying to bring a composting um, and recycling pilot um, into a couple of our kitchens, working with Martha, um, and so we're hoping that that will start after the start of the year. Um, trying to work with Black Earth to do some some composting for us, um, and then get some recycling done. Um, that will start in back of the house. It won't be like cafeteria um, front mm-hmm. facing, as it takes a lot of um, you know power to, to make that happen, but. Mm-hmm. Um, starting small, and I think that's um, uh, a good uh, start for us.
6: That's all I have to report.
4: Great, Any uh, updates? I have nothing except that finance sub- budget and finance subcommittee, we have officially changed our name to capture our full scope of work. Great idea. Yep, we will be meeting in December to start the operational side of the budget, so. That's all I have.
0: Great, fabulous. I have no further updates at this time. I know MPIC met this evening, and hopefully uh, we will be getting on a different schedule where we can attend come January.
3: Any updates? Yes. Uh, so policy, we met last week, and we're we were addressing a bunch of other things leading up to D. So I think we're trying to finish section D, hopefully, in our next meeting um, because of the holiday. It won't be till is it December eighth? That's Something right. like that, December eighth. So. Um, going well content and communications um, the ad will be coming out to you uh, the proposed ad for the fall sports um, congratulations I contacted Connor Erickson last week who said um, either early December or mid-December would be that section so we have a little bit of time hopefully you'll see it from me next week and um, CCPC while <laughs> will talk about it again we may as well bring it up again um, pre apps are being done as I know you're aware already, um, and yes, the, the JFK project a lot of questions about that. So, <laughs> but everything's moving ahead there, going well. And the new administrator is seems to be doing very strong, excellent jobs. So. Oh, great, Ms. Abelito. I do not have one today.
4: nope. <laughs>
3: just kidding. Right over you, Assistant
0: Superintendent
8: Shannon. I don't, Shannon. I don't
0: think you would have I don't have think I'm on any. Okay, great. To update. F- perfect, yes, perfect. Okay, great. So uh, with that, we can move on to other business, item J. Are there any other topics committee members would like to discuss? No. no. All right, and now to future business. The next open session meeting is scheduled for Thursday, December 1st at 6 p.m. And with that, uh, the meeting is adjourned. Make it a motion?
8: So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye.
2: Aye. That's an aye for me. Thanks everybody. Good night. Thank you so much.